Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and who do I got next to me here? Stepping here, what's up, man? Oh, not a whole lot, you know. I, I had my coffee, I'm staying hydrated, you know, all this free water out here. I'm, I'm doing well. How, how about yourself? <laughs> Pretty much in the same boat. I got you. Trying to stay high, try, try, uh, hydrated. Jeez, hydrated, I, not I high. We're not going to advocate for drug use here. And anything. trying my, to stay, my uh, God. trying to stay functional, man. I need that caffeine today. Mm-hmm. I know you've had a eventful day, yeah. I can say. Start, starting early, <laughs> staying strong. So yep. Let's keep this thing going. Yeah, let's keep it going for sure. For sure. Yeah, hopefully uh, stream's going good and everything. Just start it, so all that should be okay. Awesome. But, yeah. Well, we're here on uh, episode 54 of Mod Chat. We got a few things we're going to be talking about. Some of the stuff, including the PPSSPP standalone mm-hmm. app this time around for Switch, because a core has been released, which I believe we talked about before. We did. We did. We did talk about before, because I, I, I talked about how I was disappointed by it. Right, right, right. We definitely yeah. talked about it. So I know that you've tried that out, so I can't mm-hmm. wait to hear some of your thoughts on that. Yes, yes. And I do plan to try it out a bit more. Uh, Jet Set Radio Future Multiplayer and Super Mario 64 being decompiled. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's just a few of the things that we have to talk about this time. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like an awesome lineup. So I'm hoping so. not hesitate. But before we get into that, should we kind of talk about what we've been doing the past month? Absolutely. In case uh, no one here knows, this is something that Devin and I like to do on uh, each episode of Mod Chat, where uh, essentially at the beginning here, we just kind of talk about some of the modding stuff that we've been doing just off the show for the past like the past month mm-hmm. yeah since this is monthly Roughly. yeah so should i go first or do you have anything you want to bring up sure i mean i don't have a lot um i guess the only thing kind of in the modding territory that i ended up uh kind of playing around with was more in the hackintosh realm oh sure i'd love to hear about it so uh i know we got we have to have some hackintosh listeners here, <laughs> people who are just at least interested in it yeah maybe it's definitely quite the niche community but it's fun um mm-hmm. so I had to, I didn't really have to, but I decided to redo how my system was set up. And for those who aren't really in the loop on Hackintoshing, there's a lot of like really custom stuff you have to do for your hardware. Yep. Um, customizing <laughs> the bootloader uh, very heavily. And honestly, in a lot of ways that I don't really fully understand, but I found very Haswell specific stuff because um, that's the CPU that I currently have. And kind of uh, did a lot more things manually before I kind of used this like sample configuration file mm-hmm. that worked well enough, and I realized where that was going wrong and um, where I can improve. So spent some time on that and reinstalled the operating system and kind of got a fresh start, which for me always feels really good. I'm probably someone who is outside of the norm, and I really enjoy getting like a fresh install. Like I do not mind wiping everything, reinstalling my software. But um, I, I know you and I differ on that. I it's because you it's, use Windows and it's way harder. I I don't think it's just that. It's even like on Android, for example. Like it is much easier to get yeah. all set up. But I'm just like, uh, I just don't want to go through all the even that. Setting up all that See, stuff. and the difference is, uh, especially I could not get this ever with Windows 10 this smooth. But as soon as I get done uh, installing uh, Mac OS or Linux, primarily Ubuntu, um, I have some scripts, and I literally just download the zip file and. Within about five minutes, I have every piece of software that I need installed and um, some a lot of things configured, like my OS settings and stuff like that. I mean, if you could get going within five minutes and have everything back in place to where you were, would that make a difference? It would. 
I, I can say that there is yeah, no like would. going and downloading a dozen drivers there's no going and downloading a dozen applications manually the script does literally everything for me all of my software even sets up my like ssh keys and various different things i even have it to download my source code and create all the directories so literally nice i can get up and running in about five minutes now question do you have like a ton and ton of applications that you rely on and use or not? Because for, for me, I mean, there's some stuff like, for example, like if I had to nuke my computer right now, one of the first things I would get would be the Adobe suite. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's development software. Okay. Um, so uh, I don't know. I probably on a daily basis use eight to ten applications pretty heavily that are not don't come with an operating system. And then maybe, you know, 20 or so or, you know, mm -hmm. here and there. It's kind of my regular things, not including like games and stuff like that. Obviously, those are going to be on Windows. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, um, I think it makes a huge difference when you can automate your setup process like to that extent. It does. Um, it does. So yeah. If it if it only took me five, and I I can even verify that because there are computers I have where like if I'm working on them or something's going wrong, it's like I don't care about this PC. Okay, fine. Let's nuke it. Let's just reinstall everything. Let's mm -hmm. redo everything. I don't care. There's nothing of value to me on mm -hmm. here. Or like my game systems. Like I'll have like my main one and then the ones I use for like guinea pigs for YouTube. It's like, okay, cool. Let's just completely reset this thing to stock two or three times. Mm -hmm. And you just, it's hard to really keep track of like all the random configuration files that applications will put on your yep. file system. And then once you want to install it, often those don't go away. So you, you know what I mean? You just mm -hmm. like are littered with all this junk after you know running for some something for a couple of years so it happens a lot of it's just peace of mind you know what i mean um mm -hmm. but so far it's been running better than ever the last issue that i had was where it would wake from sleep every once in a while and then kind of lock up like it would never come to a screen or the screen would lock, freeze on the lock screen it was very rare and i haven't had that in about two weeks since i've done this so right on um so yeah, it's the Hackintosh is one of these things where it is I'm constantly chipping at it away at it for you know, basically the entirety of my PC, mm -hmm. making things just a little bit better, learning a little more. But that's sounds like a fun project. It I is. think for me, I'm just I'm not I I I've tried to pursue Hackintosh a few times here and there, and it was half-hearted attempts, and then it was kind of just well, I'm not even crazy about Mac OS, so that's what am the I doing? <laughs> the value I get out of running Mac OS makes it worth it and it's been sure. at a, a, a stable point for a long time i balanced uh linux and mac os trying to get to mac os to a point where i it wasn't just a frustrating thing because i don't want to fight with my tools either I right would like you know what i mean if i have to dual boot and go back and forth i'll do it but sometimes i want to get my work done and i don't want it to like mess up or crash yeah um drives me nuts so it's at a point where it's more stable than ever um you wouldn't That's know good. it wasn't like a, a native mac so Hackintosh mm -hmm. has come a really long way. They have. So. It's better than ever right now. I'm really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing it for over ten years. Off really? And on. Yeah. Damn. Because I was about I was in high school when I did my first one. Okay. That was, I was in high school when I found out about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So that's really it for me. Um, I've been very busy outside of all that. So what about you? Uh, well, before I continue, let's go ahead and get this donation in here. Ah, yes, um, absolutely. I believe this is how you say it, but uh, Katsu Kyojin, uh, he ended up donating $10, said a little bit more since I missed last month, but with family, so can't, oh, but with family, so can't stick around, but we'll listen tomorrow. We'll love the show, guys. Keep it up. Thank you so much. So much. Really man, appreciate that. Awesome. That. I hope that you heard this shout out and we didn't drag on for too long and had to jump off. No, nah, we're only seven minutes in. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, yeah. Definitely. And if you didn't hear it now, then I'm sure you'll hear it when you play it back. So yes. Much 
appreciated. Absolutely That's appreciated. Awesome. Yeah, well, I did end up covering a few of the things here in the show. Um, so I don't want to give too many details. So some of the stuff I'm kind of just going to quickly touch up on. Uh, that PPS is PP standalone. I will talk about it when we get to it, but I did happily mess around with that. Mm. That was great. Um, I know what else is in here. Uh, you and I got to do research last night. Yes, it was fun. It was. It was a blast, it, it was, actually. It was very fun, and that was over the Jetson Radio Future multiplayer. So yeah. uh, that was actually it was linked to me in the Discord. And if you're interested in joining you know, the Mr. Mario Hangout Discord, uh, the link will be down below in the description if you're checking this out on YouTube. But uh, that was linked to me there. I Or no, I think I was looking for news, and I found an article on it. And then I started reading the article and downloading it. And as I was downloading it, somebody linked it to me. Wow. So it was just like the universe was saying, you need to play this. Synergy on that. Yeah. And then I remember, I, I think even on that, I, I told you, I was like, you have to try this. Yeah. Like, you have to try this before mm -hmm. we get on the show. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's incredible. And we'll definitely give our thoughts when we get into it. Yes. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely. Very excited to talk about it. Yeah. And then aside from that, I've kind of just... I messed around with some PS3 stuff here and there. Got my hint updated, messed around with that a little bit. Uh, with the Vita, the only type of modding thing I've really done on there is uh, since there was a update that came out, which we will be going into some detail about that, uh, I made sure I was tracking the news on that and everything, and then uh, I got my Vita and my girlfriend's Vita spoofed to 3.71. So we're all good on that front, thankfully. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Just some kind of maintenance Exactly. Very yeah. Good. Just like, oh, this is going to be a thing. So we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, overall, you know, it's kind of just I haven't been directly modding as much. I've more just been trying to play my games the mm. past month or so. I picked up a little bit. Yeah. To balance out my kind of crazy schedule that I've had. There's, I've had a couple of moments playing with a little bit of family online, which is always fun. Mm -hmm. And some single player games just trying to like, uh, honestly, uh, not even really trying to like try hard to beat anything it was just nice to sit down and not think too hard for a little bit mm -hmm. for sure looks like wow we got another okay two dollar donation from crash override cheers to super mario 64 decomp i enjoy the channel mm -hmm. thank you so much we haven't even gotten to that at that point so right yeah we'll definitely be talking about it yes yeah and tristan for the record we are streaming in 720p so if anybody's freaking out we've always done it at that point but if anybody's freaking out like oh i can't get 1080p on here i'm freaking out that's I why i don't think i knew that yes <laughs> more you know the more you know yeah well, so is that pretty much all? I mean, seems like a pretty that satisfying is, month. That is pretty much it here, yeah. Uh, before we delve into the topics, there is one non-modding thing mm -hmm. I want to do. And I just, I mean, shameless plug, one of the developers behind this is one of my best friends. This isn't directly modding related, but for anybody who is listening or watching, I, I kind of just wants to plug this because I think this is great. I'm going to have a link down below in the description, of course, uh, on YouTube. But... One of my friends, he is doing game dev full-time uh, with a few other people, and they've been working on this game for a while from the ground up back to her. I am going to be linking this down below in the description, as I said, because this is essentially, the game's not out yet, but this is just kind of a comic that you could read through. But this is not just, it's, it, it, it's a short interactive comic, comic. I absolutely love the art style here, what he's done with the website and everything on this. Like, this is awesome. You you saw it a little bit, and I you did. were liking what you saw. Well, yeah, and just as, like, someone who's in web development, they did a really, really nice job. Yeah, like, look at that. Just, like, I scrolling mean, up and down, that all happened. So if you, if you want something quick to read, you know, I'm not going to go too much further down, but back to her, that's a game. I don't think there's any official release date on it. 
I'm sorry, David. Just shout out to my, my friend David who works on this. I, I don't know it off the top of my head. I haven't been bugging him for the game or anything, but I did let him know a while ago. I was like, hey, I'd like to get a review code and I'll promote it on the channel. And he's like, yep, done, done, already. We good. So mm -hmm. whenever it comes out, you guys will probably see a video dedicated to some gameplay or something of it. But yeah, just shout outs to my friend on that. And he didn't even ask me to do this. I'm just trying to do it. So David, I doubt you're going to listen to this, but you know, hopefully this helps out a bit. But check it out. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I would love to see the source code behind this website, to be honest. This is really neat. It is. Yeah, just the way the animation and everything uh, <laughs> go with the scrolling and how kind of the uh, overlays and Z-index work on this. It's mm -hmm. really cool. For sure. So, And if they're this good at web development, I can't imagine they're going to be uh, doing bad at the game development as well. I don't think so. I haven't so. seen anything from the game. I'm just waiting to kind of be excited on there because I, I, I also want to go in clean. Yeah. So I'm not you. trying to get any, like, dev documentaries or anything going. I just want to go in fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of friend of the show, uh, I think yes. we can go ahead and transition into the first Switch topic. This one I, I did want to cover because this is a friend of the show, but this is on topic. So we're actually going to be getting into the topics here. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it looks like someone from the Discord the Mr. Mario 2011 Discord, yeah, right? Yeah, um, Has and actually released a homebrew application for the Switch called Immunan Swapper, mm -hmm. which is pretty interesting. Yeah, and there's not too much that we can show on here directly. We'll, of course, link the GitHub and everything. But yeah, it's just swap between two raw NAND partitions via two MUMNC configs. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple releases here. The latest one, of course, should be the one that's used. But it's really funny because I remember, like, the... the <laughs> I think this is a great tool, but I just think the release of it was funny because essentially I found this on a, uh, I think the Switch Hacks subreddit hmm. and I linked it on the Discord and I was like, hey, our own, I hope I'm saying this right, Schmadul. I said, our own Schmadul has, is making some waves here. And he just kind of said, he was like, thank you, but oh shit, like I didn't know this would get attention. Yeah. Like this was for me and a friend and I just posted on GitHub and it took me a few minutes to code this. And now, oh my God, there's 400 views on this. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a good feeling. Yeah. So he was just like, it was kind of funny because he, at that point he's like, I'm really grateful, but damn it. Now I'm actually going to have to refine it and do some work. I didn't think it's like, yes, I put it out publicly, but I didn't think anybody would care about it. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, I haven't ever experienced that myself, so I can imagine that would be pretty, pretty wild. He wasn't ready. I've definitely like he's he, he's doing good at. It, I've had a couple see. things that I guess I got more that got more attention than I thought they would, but mm -hmm. it was usually a little bit with the intention of getting some attention. Sure. So, uh, I think it's it seems pretty simple, and um, I think it could be really useful. And it's obviously finding this guy some use. So, um, I think it's pretty awesome to have out there. Yeah, at least two people have been utilizing <laughs> him and his homie. Four stars on GitHub. <laughs> Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. It seems pretty simple. I saw a configuration in the release notes for the config file to kind of point to the different uh, MU MMCs, and it looks uh, pretty simple. Yeah. So yeah, I'll even display it back here. But yeah, just a few lines on this. Pick which one's enabled, the sector, everything on that. Yeah. Um, it even has like you know the Nintendo Path, which I find pretty interesting. So you can have your multiple like encrypted Nintendo folders mm -hmm. per thing, which is really cool. Yeah. So latest release right now is two point one. Yeah. I so. do wish we had some Good job, screenshots dude. or something like that. I haven't pulled this up myself. I wish it was well, but I I guess there's not too much you can really show on it because yeah. it's it's a utility. It's not an app. You know. I don't mind. 
Yeah. I like the simple things sometimes. I understand. <laughs> yeah. But very cool nonetheless, and awesome work. Yeah. Uh, Shmadul, sorry if we butchered. I don't know how handle. to say that. That's how I'm going to assume to say his name out loud. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, man. Before we get out of Switch territory, though, we've got something coming up that we've been talking about. We have been while. talking about it, and we're going to be continuing to talk about it, it looks like, mm-hmm. until next month. Next month, hopefully, we we should do research on this for next right, month. Right. Maybe we should have pushed back Mod Chat for like five more days. Maybe. A few days we're actually going to have. In five days? Well, that, well, let's see. Let's to, to quote, within the next five days is the current plan. Okay. 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 You got me. Um, the unofficial Switch Root Lineage OS 15.1 build, essentially Android on the Switch, should be coming out. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. We've seen some videos of this uh, running. I think we saw some activity on Twitter. Um, we've even got some screenshots and here. Last, uh, and last month, we we did quite a bit dedicated to it as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really neat. Um, I, I think seeing Twerp run on the Switch is <laughs> yep. just amazing. Right um, definitely a throwback for me in my Android uh, crack flashing days. <laughs> but this is really cool. Um you know, I think this is going to end up running pretty well. We've already got, you know, Android reference hardware that has similar stuff, you know what I mean, with yeah. the NVIDIA Shield and whatnot. Um, there are a few things that don't work right now, so it's not going to be perfect, but I'm really excited. I'm probably going to end up trying this out. Yeah, so yeah, so far, just some of the features on here. Um, it's it's Lineage OS 15.1, so that's Android 8.1 Oreo. Based on the NVIDIA Shield TV trees, Twerp is going to be pre-installed. CPU and GPU performance profiles. It works in handheld and docked mode. Audio is supported, and the Joy-Cons connect via Bluetooth, also in handheld mode. Which, that's something that we've seen with other things, right? And yeah. That's what we saw with the Ubuntu build. Um, I think that was uh, L4T Ubuntu? Yeah. yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Um, so that that was the same thing, where like even if they were docked, the uh, Joy-Cons wouldn't work unless you actually like uh, synced them over Bluetooth. But once you did, they seemed to work fine. Right. Um, now this is probably also, you know, depending on I guess the implementation, these Joy-Cons may not control the OS. That was something that I noticed with the, the Ubuntu build as well, mm-hmm. where like it just didn't, you know, out of the box didn't have native controls. So you may still need to rely on touchscreen functionality, but at least the interface is designed for that. Unlike yeah. Ubuntu, where it's definitely leaning far more towards a, a desktop OS. So of course, hopefully, it'll be a little more, a little bit more usable with your uh, touch. Yeah. I guess uh, I, I can be the bear of bad news here. So far, the things that do not work are deep sleep, so battery life is not great, auto-rotation, as we haven't figured out how to talk to the sensor yet, screen off in dock, charging is not detected, but console still charges. Hmm. Some apps don't handle Joy-Con inputs correctly, so okay. as you were saying, you know that's going to be predicted. And the touchscreen sometimes detects touches even when your finger is just floating over the screen. Interesting. So, like, the touchscreen is extra sensitive. I wonder if there's some yeah. calibration that can be done there. Must be. Yeah. Uh, there's installation instructions. They seem to be simple enough on here. Uh, and then, let's see, nothing really on the change logs. And, of course, Android win soon within the next five days is the current plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is us talking about it on this episode of Mod Chat. This is just telling you all it's coming. The ETA win is going to be uh, – when is this going to be – sometime july 29th 2019 or prior right like get it, your sd cards ready and all that fun yeah, stuff. we don't have a final ota but hopefully we'll see this before the end of july that'd mm-hmm. be awesome yeah be a nice little late birthday present to me Ooh, 
Happy early yeah. birthday here. Late, actually. Late? Yeah. It was on Sunday. Oh, my bad. I know it's ha- all good. Happy birthday, man. It was man. busy. I was out playing Pokemon Go for community day, so it was, it was a busy right. day. I'll get you sorted for something. So. Oh, no, no, no. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I, I keep my birthdays chill. I understand. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, before we go on to the next topic, though, uh, let's also grab this $5 donation from Tristan. Going to drop five bucks in this month. Going to be a great show here soon. I need that Android build for the Switch. Well, thank you so much for the donation. Hopefully, we will put on a good show. And I think all of us here with with Homebrewed Switch need uh, need that Android build. Yeah, definitely makes me happy that I have a spare Switch that I can dedicate to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which I think is still actually running L4 to Ubuntu. Gotcha. I think about it. I don't think I've taken that off there. I remember when you were thinking of when you were thinking of getting another switch, I remember you and I talked about it and weren't you thinking you were kind of on the fence between another like a jailbreakable PS4 and a spare switch? Oh maybe. I, I might have been balancing money at the time. Okay. I think that was kind of what you were between. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I mean, I definitely wouldn't mind buying like all the consoles out there. But of course. Know. Money is an adulting. No, I understand. But I don't regret def- getting my spare Switch. Yeah, there's, de- there's definitely more you can do on the Switch and currently if you're just an end user. I have to say, like, I do wish that I have spent more time on it because the ability to have, like, a console like that that is actually portable and easy, not just, like, you can take it on the go with you, but it's, like, so much easier to manipulate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, when you're modding, like, a, a home console, it's, like, you have to worry about it being on your desk or doing whatever sometimes it's like and you know if it's set up in the living room on your tv it's not the most convenient place to mod one thing like actually i, I didn't even think of talking about this so it's, it's not like i pre-planned this but like even the classic systems for example there was a post i just saw online where it was one of them i think it was the nintendo or super nintendo classic someone had a power failure and then their classic system would not boot up and it wouldn't turn on and they noticed some weird marks around the power and wow. somebody ended up saying, so obviously it got zapped, but somebody ended up saying, it says in the manual that you're not supposed to keep this plugged in all the time. What? When you're done using it, you're supposed to unplug it from power. Wow. Yeah. That's bizarre. And I'm just like, seriously, I, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, that one's not plugged in, that one's not plugged in, but I want my stuff like plugged in ready to it's go. just because it's so. like, we could not make, we had to make this cheap enough where it doesn't have good enough you know, surge detection or like what, like capacitors in there to like I, take I, a, a surge. I guess. I guess. I mean, I don't know. It, again, well, the PlayStation Classic was a little bit pricey when it came out for that. If you ask me, but I could understand. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm thinking of like Raspberry Pis and stuff like that. Like, do they have issues with that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I definitely left my Raspberry Pi plugged in for like. People year. do that. People have servers running on the Raspberry Pis and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Also, it could just be a cop-out. You could know be. I mean? Like, we put it in there. Sorry. I think it is. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, should we move on then? I don't remember. We kind of went off a weird tangent. Uh, derailed, like, slightly. I understand. Yeah. But no, let's go ahead and go go on here. All right. Let's do it. You, you want to take this one? Uh, Sure. Sure. You can okay. grab the next one then. So you have had a little bit of experience with this. I I have, yeah. I was gonna pass it on to you. I'm like, well, I think it'd come back to me on here. But you you have not messed around with this, have you? No. All right. I have not, but eventually. (laughs) Eventually, I really recommend it. Now I can because the last time, so we're talking about PPSSPP on the Switch. Mm, PP. PP. (laughs) Now the last time we talked about on here, we talked about the core that uh, M4XW had ended up porting over to RetroArch, and I had said. 
it wasn't even against the developer. I just said my experience, I was disappointed because a lot of my games weren't working. Like the one or two games I did that got to work, they were extremely um, low performance. But I said, you know what? This is just the beginning of it. Not even hating all this at all. It is what it is. I'm sure it's going to get better. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people have had better experiences than me. It's just for me, I didn't have the optimal experience. So, you know, all I can do is wait. But it seemed like that wait has been totally worth it because there is a standalone beta that was released. Was that last month when we talked about that or was that... The month prior. I want to say it might have been the month prior. Because I think it was been with, been within the last couple months. Yeah. It, so. I, I want to say it was two months ago we talked about it. So this is going to link to a Patreon page. And if you want to donate to M4XW, you can. And if you do that, depending on the tier, you're able to get his stuff early, which is great. So if you're a little bit impatient, you want to get, you know, some like the PPSSPP standalone beta early or even the core early, you're able to do that. Now, here, he's just attaching some instructions and such. And uh, in short, you know, there are two different builds on there. There is a GLES2 build and a GL build. And he says specifically, use GLES2 for GTAs or other troubling games. Otherwise, GL version is always recommended as it's far more stable and bug-free. Just-in-time improvements should now work on all Horizon versions. Masking is no longer required. Thus, just-in-time masking bugs, our thing in the past, will be backported to the LibRetro version this week. Uh, it is mentioned all config files reside in the Switch and PPSSPP folder. Path cannot be changed for the time being. And if you were already messing with things on the uh, RetroArch core, you can copy your PPSSPP files from RetroArch core save files PPSSPP. Save files are compatible, save states are not. However, I will add a export option to the core soon-ish. Yeah, so that's not too bad. I mean, every game you should be playing on there should have a save file. It just may not be the most as convenient as the save state. Exactly. I'll have, I'll have this link down below, so there's other things you can check out if you want to. But the big thing here is the recommended method of doing this is through title redirection on Atmosphere custom firmware. So mm-hmm. I do that with... I kind of use Atmosphere. I use Cosmos, which is just heavily built off Atmosphere. Yeah, it's really like... Um, it's just Atmosphere, atmosphere is extra like, stuff. Yeah, Atmosphere is like a, a one piece of the kind of framework they have built exactly. up there. Um, I did notice it was kind of interesting. It said due to a toolchain issue, starting like around 15 games in a row might lead to a crash. It says your mileage yeah. may vary depending <laughs> on the number of... Uh, JIT buffer alloc- allocations, which JIT stands for just in time. Mm-hmm. I don't have 15 PSP games on my Switch, so I haven't run into that. But I, right. I believe there was an issue like that with the Switch itself, where if you loaded, like, if you launched 32 games, not like back to back, but like over the course of one boot up on the Switch, if you launched 32 games, it would just stop launching games. Wow. Well, yeah. like a memory leak in there. So. Something like that. Um, I, I know uh, Cyrus M ended up fixing it in Atmosphere, and then of course everyone fixed it in their custom firmwares after that. So. Yeah, I do remember something like that, though. Mm-hmm. About it. Yeah. But yeah, no, with with my experience so far, so at first I tried the, the GL build with Grand Theft Auto, and because th- those are the first games I'm trying. I'm trying Liberty City Stories, I'm trying Vice City Stories. They were very stuttery. Uh, performance was much better, much better, but they were very stuttery. I read the notes. I saw GLES2, mm-hmm. tried that out. was great at right. that point. And it's actually playable. There's still slight stutters, but again, this is a beta. 
and it is incredibly good. You can also end up bumping up the resolution on there. You can enable anti-aliasing. So I think I just have the stock, res like the way I was playing it, I just have the regular PSP resolution. Because I noticed if I bumped it up too high, the game would slow down a bunch, and you'd actually get an error message saying you're experiencing slowdown. But I have it set to auto, so like one-to-one -one, uh, resolution on there. And uh, I have anti-aliasing running, and it looks great. It looks so good. I was able to get some save files online. I was able to put them into the, the PSP folder directory structure is the same once you find the PSP folder. Mm -hmm. So awesome. once you drop it in there, you can bring your own saves. You can bring whatever's supported on that. Mm -hmm. But save games was the more important thing. Of course, there's save states. So that was nice as well, too, adjusting other things on the fly. But I was playing Grand Theft Auto uh, Liberty City Stories at just under or just over 30 frames per second, depending on what was going on. Um, I tried Need for Speed uh, Most Wanted 510. That played great. I Very was nice. shocked about that one. Uh, I Another favorite PSP game of mine is Infected. Unfortunately. Oh, yes. No. Didn't play very well, man. The, the menus, There's a lot going on in that game. There is. Menus were running super, super, super slow. Oh. And then you get into the game, and the game actually seems to run at a higher frame rate, but it's still insanely slow. Um, I think the, the only other issue I experienced is I noticed there was, like, there was a little bit of input delay when mm -hmm. I was playing. And I think when I was messing around with, you know, like, the anti-aliasing and such, that, that input delay did become more noticeable. Uh, but if you work around it, it's certainly fine. It's just for something like any, like the rhythm games or what have you, uh, you're going to have a bad time on that if they run. Gotcha. But overall, yeah. those those are the, and there was, there was one other racing game I think I played. Uh, Wipeout, Burnout? No, no. I need to play those two. There was one other racing game, and I I Ridge, don't remember it. Ridge playing. Racer? No, I don't remember it. I just know the Grand Theft Autos, Infected, and uh, Need for Speed Most One of those were the important ones for me. And that, that was my experience so far. Uh, but I was playing, I, I'll tell you, I was, I was messing around with it. I was happy as hell. I'm just like, at this point, I have giant PSP in my hands. This mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. And when you have the things, like when, when you have the anti-aliasing on there and such, it looked better on there than it did on my Vita. Because, you know, on the Vita, you can access the ePSP on there and do all that. But... It looked, at least to me, it was looking nicer on there. It's very nice. Performance will be better on Vita, though, of course, if you're wanting a right. buffed up PSP. So, Yeah, but like you said, this is a beta, so we'll see where it goes from there. P it can P only S go up. Yeah, PPSSPP is a pretty like uh, well-known and widespread emulator. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we'll see some development on this, and hopefully some people, you know, maybe we'll be in the open source community will be able to contribute to it. Uh, enhance that performance and get it to a really really nice stable state mm -hmm. i'm sure even there's a lot of games on the psp it sounds like you were doing some more graphically intensive ones but you know yeah. games like loco roco or pad upon probably oh, run like I a dream play. there's just so many classic psp games yeah. i need to try it on there yeah i'm yeah, gonna have yeah. a fun time i have a lot of storage space on there so i just need to load it up with psp games i'd love to see like, i'm gonna bring my saves too i've yeah. kept all my saves very nice yeah. i'd love to see like parappa the rapper or guitar man as well um yeah since they're like Kind of like they were built originally for the PlayStation 1. Mm -hmm. um, was it PS2? Was it on the PS1 or the PS2? No. Which which one? Parappa the Rappa. Parappa, it was on PS1 and PS2. And by the way, shout out to Cedric. Yeah, uh, Midnight Club Los Angeles, that was the other game that ah, I tried. There you go. And uh, yeah, that actually that ran fine. I think it was just wasn't as memorable to me because I was doing quick races and I... 
I never played it back in the day, so I, I have either. no nostalgia for it. I didn't. Yeah. I have nostalgia for the Grand Theft Auto games and Infected and even Need for Speed, but unfortunately I missed out on Midnight Club LA. Burnout was always my car oh, game Burnout's great. choice. I just I, I was Burnout never that Legends, into that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. I was never that into car games, so that really like scratched my itch being able to just like I love the drifting mechanics and whatnot. Need for Speed Carbon was probably my favorite Need for Speed game because it was made by the same developers. I don't know mm-hmm. if you do that. But um, of uh, it was Carbon. Carbon was made by the same developers of Burnout Legends, or just the or, Burnout franchise in general. Oh, so like okay. the drifting mechanics and how the car handles is almost exactly the same. Gotcha. Yeah. So, Did not know. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for a, a car game, that's a little more open world. It's less uh, arcadey than mm-hmm. Burnout. So if you're looking for something like that, check that game out because I will. It's pretty cool. I will. But that's awesome. Uh, I'm really excited for further development. Yes. Um, and and as uh, here as Mr. Pete says, finally. I can play PSP on the go. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can, definitely. Yeah. If your Switch isn't patched. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have anything else to say on the no, PSP emulator? That's about it, but we do have some more emulator stuff to talk about, right. don't we? RetroArch. It's actually coming to Steam. RetroArch is coming to Steam. This is the official store, Steve, uh, Steam storefront here. And look, RetroArch, it's coming out July 30th of this year. That's awesome. Yeah. So one day before the last day of the month? That's interesting. Yes. Yeah, on Tuesday. I mean, that, that's when new I games come out on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, this is a really cool. I personally never would have thought I'd see this in the, uh, in the Steam store, but I don't know what other kind of weird esoteric non- directly game related software there is uh i mean there's video editing software there's a what is it a, like graphics card like stress test uh hmm. software on there i the, the word's not coming to mind right now benchmarking um, benchmark thank you benchmarking software hell there's even been emulators on here already i know sega has released a few games where it's just oh they just took all these games and then put them in a nice front end but it's really just genesis roms gotcha so i guess steam was kind of like hey We've already allowed stuff like this on here. Why don't we just allow an emulator front end on here? Of course, you'll have to bring your own ROMs, but mm-hmm. it's cool as hell. This is going to be officially available on Steam. I do. I, I am excited in general. I just hope that it doesn't bring, like, unwarranted negative attention. Like, it, kind, it, it kind of like how, what, like, Cody would do or something? Yeah, actually, I literally, I was listening to a podcast where someone was kind of, you know comparing and contrasting that exact same thing because mm-hmm. yeah the cody stuff is like oh this isn't directly i mean we all know this about emulators right like this isn't directly enabling piracy but it could be used for it kind of, of territory so i hope that it doesn't get like you know the wrong kind of attention and stir something that you know because this hasn't changed. I mean, this this no. is already readily available. You can go get it very yeah. easily. It's not a difficult thing. It's, it's not... just this is just going to be even easier to access. Right. Yeah. So I wish the be- I wish the best for this, and I'm happy to see it there, and I hope everything goes well. Yeah. Now, I, I know some of the details that were mentioned were that the Windows version is coming first. The Mac OS and Linux versions are going to come later. Uh, it is going to be free, of course. You're not going to have to pay for it just because it's on Steam. Of course, you are going to have to bring your own games. One thing that's really cool here is it's saying you will soon be able to run original game discs, CDs, from RetroArch. We take our video game preservation seriously and want to ensure you can run your originally bought content on modern-day PCs. So I guess, I mean, a lot of RetroArch cores should already support that. 
in general, right? But I know that's been kind of a newer development for Retro yeah. Arch from what I've seen. So, I mean, it's nice to see that they're going to be focusing on that more. Yeah. Or making it a, a flagship feature. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, because, I mean, I, I just think back to when we were experimenting with the Arch on the PS4, that build, I can't remember. Yes. Um, PSX. P- PSX IT Arch. Yeah. PSX. That's it. IT Arch, yep, that's right. So, uh, and we, you were able to get the um, PlayStation ROM running. Was that using RetroArch, or was that a standalone? Uh, no, that was using a standalone emulator. Okay, that for some reason I was thinking that was RetroArch. But yeah, I did take the disc. Like, I was able to take the disc and pop it into my PS4 and mm-hmm. play it. Yeah. yeah. So, I'd love to see more of that. Mm-hmm. We have media that's thankfully still accepted. Yes. It's not as easy to put a cartridge in your computer. Mm-hmm. No, no, not at all. <laughs> but cool. So yeah, um, I guess one other thing, one thought I had is like for people that maybe wanted to get into this, I think this having it on Steam is kind of one of those ways of making it seem plenty legit. Like it's obviously going to be legit. This is from the Lib Retro team, you know. So maybe someone who really isn't that into kind of software like that, they may trust downloading it from Steam more than some other website. I think so too. So it's oh, it's only going to be beneficial for yeah, them. Hopefully so it's, it's, it's really cool that we can see that now. Yeah, hopefully it enables a lot of people to get into it that otherwise, you know, wouldn't have. Yeah. As opposed to emulation being a big spooky thing where you might have to go to I don't know, weird website or something. Hey, like, it's on Steam. Right. And like in general, like not knowing, you know, if you're not don't know that much about computers, which I, when I was in high school people would use emulators on the school computers all the time. Did anybody ever get in trouble for that? Uh, no, I did. There were no, we had crackdowns about that, man. So I did, like, a couple of teachers had caught me before, and they were basically just kind of, like, slapped me on the wrist a little and, like, made me delete the folder, and then I was just like, okay, I'll <laughs> go download it again. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think the big thing with, with schools, because our school, they would it would be in waves. There would be band waves, so to wow. speak. Not yeah. like a I, I, I'm just using that term in here. Yeah. But, like, once a year, IT would just really get a stick in, like, they'd really be a stick in the mud, and they would go in and delete any Halo files, any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color files, any emulator files off of networks, off of, you know, local workstations. And they would Almost tell everyone... Just, like, searching for file extensions or yeah. something? and they would tell everyone, don't do this. Don't do this. And then for a few weeks, even if you fired it up, they would come down, and they would, hey, say delete this do it again you're losing your computer privileges for the year oh you're in a computer class tough luck yeah uh i i think thinking back now i I think i i totally understand why they would do it it was more just the piracy and the copyright concern because that is a big thing where like a lot of colleges for example you have those really fast internet connections there and colleges do get hit with dmca so i can totally understand why they would be upset with that and why they'd be enforcing it but it was just it was always funny to see like it would everything would be cleaned it would be enforced for like a month or two if that and then it would go back to the way it was Mm -hmm. that's (laughs) even more interesting i think that's the most ironic part of it Mm -hmm. because yeah i mean i was in a couple like you know, early typing classes or computer classes. And I remember people, uh, almost the whole class was downloading and playing the original Super Mario. And think of how many times that it was downloaded and, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. those, the RIP was logged and how many copies of that is just sitting on the network. Like, <laughs> it's just, I, I, overall, that cannot be great. So I totally understand, too. I think the only thing that might have been okay and the reason why they just lumped it in was because it was a distraction. There were a lot of kids oh, yeah. who were playing it and getting, like, loud and all that uh, was the Halo demo. That was a really popular one. Oh, really? A lot of people were downloading the Halo demo and then uh, getting on land and shooting each other in Blood Gulch. I don't think I ever saw someone playing 
full on Halo at school. No, the Halo demo was big at my school. Wow. Yeah, like the Halo CE demo. That yeah. was a big one. Dude, I remember playing that on the Yeah, game. anybody in the game. chat right now, the live chat, I want to know like what your big school games were cuz I, I think I think the only other one there was the the Nintendo it was always the Pokemon games on emulators. Always. Yeah. Right. Uh the Halo CE demo and Pocket Tanks. Those mm. are like the big games that you would find um just on PCs and network drives. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I can't really think of many more other than, yeah, emulators, Pokemon, Super Mario, exactly what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Pokemon was definitely big. <laughs> All right. Enough uh, reminiscing. Enough. Let's enough. Move, let's move on to the next topic. And we've got a little bit of PlayStation Classic. Yeah. News. I would imagine that probably most people listening to this by now have heard about it, but I think maybe. If you haven't heard about it, it, look, PlayStation Classic. All right, now you've heard about it. Well, no, more so the $20. Yeah. So the big price drop on it, it's the lowest it's ever been, and it seems to be pretty widespread. So, like, pretty much everywhere you can get it, it's 20 bucks. Yes. Yeah. Right now, I think this started last week due to Amazon Prime Day, and then. Other retailers such as uh, such as Best Buy were selling it for twenty bucks, and right now it's still on sale for twenty bucks. And it's funny because it's like this is I can say, even if you don't mod the system, totally worth it for twenty dollars. The yes, hardware alone is worth twenty dollars. I mean, you look if at you're like lo- a, a Raspberry Pi, that's thirty five dollars, and you're technically getting a little bit more if, than that. If you're looking at the games, this is one dollar per game at that point. Yeah. If you do want to mod it, it's super easy to mod. But the reason why I say this is because this came out, as as you can see, December 2018. It's now July. This was originally 100 bucks within, within the first few weeks, I don't think I ever detailed this. But when I got it, I did buy it. Like I was okay doing this because, one, I love the PlayStation. And, two, I was actually doing it, you know, like for YouTube and all that. I had, you know, a purpose to make videos and such. So I bought it day one. I paid 100 bucks. The price dropped to sixty bucks nearly immediately. Yeah. So I did get a forty dollar refund back, thankfully. Mm. So out of pocket, I was out of pocket sixty five bucks, including tax, which I was totally okay even with that price. Uh, Hundred dollars was expensive, but I also justified it as, hey, I'm also using it for the channel and such. So this is going to be fine in you know this term here. But I just find it funny that a lot of people said it wasn't worth it. But now we know the true worth of the PlayStation Classic, and that price is 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Because even if some people, if they were hating on the Nintendo or the Super Nintendo Classic, point is, the Nintendo Classic sold for 60 bucks, Like, never went on sale, ever. You could keep it priced at 60 bucks until the very end. And it, it sold out at $60. It never went on sale. Mm-hmm. Super Nintendo Classic, $80. Even if you say it's not worth it, it was, because it never went on sale, and it sold out completely, multiple times for 80 bucks. PlayStation Classic, it did not stop. As, as as the price has been coming down, it's been, you know, selling out more and more. Like, there's been more units moving. But that magical price point is 20 bucks. It's incredible. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I definitely, if you compare it side by side with the NES, I can't tell if I'm surprised or not. Because I feel like it should be at least competitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think, I didn't think 60 bucks was a poor price for it. Mm-hmm. But this is incredible. And if you haven't copped one, it's Honestly, just it's worth your twenty dollars. I would, yeah, it's absolutely worth twenty bucks. Even if you don't open it, even if you just keep it and like have it as like a shelf piece, like that's mm-hmm. still pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah, uh, it look it looks cute. Look at that thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
So yeah, I I just thought that'd be fun to bring up in case you haven't snagged a PlayStation Classic. I would totally recommend snagging one for twenty bucks. Anybody who who's listening is probably going to mod it. It's totally worth it at that price. Right. And even as you said, you're talking about the Raspberry Pi. That's that's a good example I like to bring up. It's like the Raspberry Pi computer alone is thirty five dollars. PlayStation Classic, everything you need to get started aside from a micro USB cable. So you need to bring your own power cable. But aside mm-hmm. from that, twenty bucks. Yep. Get yourself a cable that you probably have lying around. You're not paying any extra. Right. If you look at it like with the Raspberry Pi, you're getting, you'd be getting a Pi, a case, and a couple controllers, which mm-hmm. I think would be about the equivalent of what you're getting with the PlayStation Classic. Many, many and people that, have said that the controllers alone are worth it because yeah. those are official Sony controllers, mind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a USB, so that's kind of nice. So exactly. reusable, hopefully, on the computer, even if like native drivers don't exist. Um, I'm sure people will make them if they haven't already. Mm-hmm. So pretty neat. And then you can use those in Raspberry Pi. Exactly. <laughs> so awesome. Definitely cop it if uh, you haven't. Cop that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not out of Nintendo territory for the podcast. No, we are not. Um, Luma 3DS got an update. It did. It got a big update yeah. from what I see. So it's pretty cool. I mean, it sounds like they've been working on it for a while. Um, Aurora Wright is still the developer of this, um, along with, I'm guessing, uh, Tux SH. Uh, Tux, Tux, who has been a developer on uh, Luma 3DS as well for quite a long time. I've mm-hmm. seen their name uh, pop up, but yeah, we got version 10.0 and then 10.0.1, a patch fix. Yes, uh, just a few days after. Um, it's just fixed a few things, but the big one here is right. 10.0. Right, and so uh, you have a couple highlights here, which I I think are pretty valuable. Um, improved cheat engine support, always good. I think they kind of fixed a couple bugs in general. Mm-hmm. Um, for the support for debugging applications as soon as they start. And then also blue light filters. Yeah. Which is like... Everything's getting flux now, baby. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> incredible. But I think that's really neat. Honestly, that's something that I don't really think about for a gaming console, but I think we should. Dude, I'm one of those people, like on right now, I'm playing I'm playing a visual novel on the Vita, and I'm using it like a book. So like when I have downtime, I play it. When I Before I go to bed, I play it. God damn, I would love to have an easy-to-access blue light filter. I know it exists for anybody who might be yelling at me. It exists on the Vita, but you have to enable it on a per-game basis. I don't want to do that. Mm. I want something easy. I go into the settings. I turn it on. It's all over my system, or I turn it off, and it's disabled all across my system. I don't want to (laughs) do this per-game editing, and that's just me. So what do I do? I sit in bed, and I just turn the the brightness all the way down. Yeah. And that's – it's better. It it is really nice. I think it's – it's one of those things that if you haven't given it a try, it's probably worth doing. Like, if you don't know what the hype is about, just try it. There, there's science behind it, and I find that it helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, like, just that winding down to bedtime. Yes. Um, you know, I, just, I don't feel like I need to stay up in, later. Um, I usually end up getting t- more tired. Um, so we don't need to go into why that is. It's pretty interesting if you want to look into it. Uh, and you're talking about like a blue light filter. Yeah, yeah, Something yeah, like just, flux or just like tinting your screen orange. In right, a way. right. Uh, uh, otherwise known as now, now a lot of operating systems start to cut you off. Yeah. A lot of operating systems have it baked in too. So now like mm-hmm. Windows has night mode. Uh, Android has night mode. Mac OS does. Mac OS. Uh, iOS does. Gnome on uh, yeah. Linux, the desktop environment that has uh, like a night light feature built in as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty much anything that you're going to use these days should have that kind of thing. So yeah. it's time that some of these other um, devices catch up. Yeah. And I don't think it's a whole lot of effort, honestly. Even no. like in the most minimal implementation, it should be pretty easy. So 
I think it's really like forward thinking and really cool that we're seeing that uh, a little bit of innovation on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. So uh, the last note on that, though, is if you used NTR custom firmware, um, you might run into some issues. It's kind of been abandoned at this point. It hasn't really seen any development in a long time. That's true. And, um, it, you know, it still had a couple of nice features like the streaming uh, to your PC, which I don't know if like that ever really got uh, a replacement um, kind of by the open source community. But uh, a lot of the NTR firmware was closed, and so it makes it hard to update. And uh, if something isn't broken for you, they just have mentioned that it's no longer supported. Uh, a big reason for this is the re-implementation of the PM module, which uh, I don't know if that's power management or what, but I've heard it floating around in the 3DS community before. There's a lot of acronyms. Right. So uh, this is one of those things, like a lot of these we have to like, they're encrypted uh, modules that Nintendo had made that are re-implemented by the open source community to kind of have control over some of this functionality. A lot of this stuff's reverse engineered. So I guess the way they re-implemented this for certain improvements uh, broke a lot of stuff for NTR. And since they don't have access to that source code, it makes it really tough to work Yeah, because NTR is closed source, right? Yep. Mm. Um, there's a couple things like the, the boot NTR, I think, might have been uh, open source. Yeah, I feel like part of it was open source at one point. I, but I remember, but that was I also like remember the, the controversy of it not being open right. source. I think just like the launcher to get into that from like uh, a CIA or whatever mm-hmm. um, was open source. But the actual yeah, firmware itself that you booted into was not. Gotcha. So, um, rip NTR. Uh, I played around with it a bit. I thought it was rip really cool. NTR. I thought it was, you know, it wasn't exactly for me necessarily, but um, really cool stuff. So rest in peace. Rest in peace. Damn. Uh, is there anything you have to say on this? Did you end up giving this a try? I updated my 3DS. I didn't use any of the extra things on there, but I updated it when it came out. So yeah, yeah. easy enough to do. <laughs> All right, well, I think we should move on because I'm excited about this next one here. Cool. That was one thing, actually, out of modding things we did. I did set up a DS flash card today. Oh. There we go. Cool. So I got to do some DS stuff. Nice. With my 3DS. So, yeah. Anyways, anyways, do you, do you want to grab this? Do. Yeah. Okay, okay, you do. I'll let you. All right, so I don't know if I've mentioned it on here before, maybe. I don't know. But Jet Set Radio, Jet Grind Radio, however you want to call it, depending on where you're from, was one of my favorite games of all time. I was more partial to the original version on the Dreamcast, whereas you were more partial to the one on the original Xbox. Yes, Jet Set Radio Future. Right, which yeah. uh, was uh, very similar and very different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was kind of like a reimagining of the game as opposed to like a sequel or something. But God, I loved it. Yeah, I really loved both games, but um, now we have something, uh, a community project not at all official, not at all like ported or reversed. This is Jet Set Radio Future Multiplayer. Hell yeah. It's built on the Unity engine and built from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Now, we played uh, the game yesterday a decent bit. For like an hour. Yeah, it was probably about an hour. <laughs> it was fun. Oh, man. And um, the online play is really easy. You kind of just can create a server very easily. You see the open servers. You can hop in. You can name your server. Kind of really stuff that you would expect out of this kind of game at this state, it all worked pretty well. I thought the uh, character models were incredible for what it was. Mm -hmm. The physics were uh, almost just as bad as the original games. (laughs) (laughs) I never did like love the control scheme, but the rest of the game was always so good. Uh, I could see them tightening up the controls just a little bit, and I hope they do, but it's pretty cool. It is. you can see here you can play as a lot of classic characters, which is really awesome. They're planning to put all 24 characters it's back so into cool. the game. 
I don't remember in Jesse Radio Future if that cop was actually in the game. I think that might have been the original. You're talking about this? Yeah, that guy is from like uh, Onishima. Mm -hmm. He is from the original game. Okay. He was like everywhere in the original game. On most levels, he he popped up and was attacking your your guy. So I think that's cool that they put that in. Um, Seems like they have a wide variety of levels and game types. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to be like running around quite like the original games is entirely multiplayer focused, but it was a lot of fun. Characters from the original Jet Set Radio are coming in 0.4, because this current version that's out is 0.3.9.1. It's very cool. And it's Windows only right now. Yep. Yep. And yeah, we, we just need to stress again, this is built from the ground up yeah. for you from Unity. It looks like the game. It was shocking to play. Yeah. It feels like the game, like there's a couple things, like doing a quick turnaround is kind of funky. I, I had weird issues with that. Um, some of the tight corners and stuff like that didn't feel super great. But sure. yeah, the game is really cool. The uh, A lot of the navigating, uh, grinding on stuff, doing tricks. Um, look at this, look yeah, at this. It, it's. I'm glad I could find gameplay on here, but oh my God. It's incredible. So this just makes me want to play it. Right. So oh my good. Like, there was probably yeah. what? Um, 12 to 15 different game type or game modes. I would say that, yeah. We didn't there get was a through. lot of maps. The music. Oh, yeah. the, the music. There was one specific map. It was it was the Isle 10 map. Mm-hmm. If you if you pick this up, just for me, download was, this. Play Isle 10. Because I was like, Devin, I've had the song stuck in my head for the past day or two. Yeah. You need to play on this map with me just so you hear this song. Yep. And I have actually, I have a playlist on Spotify of all of the uh, Jet Grind Radio and Jet Set Radio soundtracks. That's awesome. Uh, songs so i'm a huge fan so this is awesome i cannot wait to see it continue um i'm really hopeful that this doesn't get shut down sega usually is pretty good about community projects yes they are yeah because that was the other thing i'm like there there's no way that this is just going to be like totally chill you know copyright wise i hate to say it but like sega also actually really likes this stuff and they don't care they they encourage it so Mm -hmm. And Jets, I think that's all good. Jetset Radio is something that fans have been begging for, uh, like a remake or a sequel for yep. a long time. And I love to see this living on in the community. I'm a huge fan. I would love to see another one. Um, and this is the closest we'll get so far. Yeah. I follow the music, the main artist behind the original soundtracks. I can't, can't uh, remember his name right now. Let me see if I can pull it up on Twitter. But yeah, it, I've seen him on many occasions. I followed him for a couple years, and he uh, Hideki Naganuma. That sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we can uh, post this or something like that because I'm not going to spell that all out right now. But uh, yeah, he's mentioned multiple times. Like, I would love to get involved in another game. I don't know anything yet. Obviously, maybe he wouldn't say if he did know. Mm-hmm. Might be under NDA, but. You know, he stressed multiple times, like, I'd love it. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. So we can see this live on in a fan project. Absolutely. I'm all for it. Yeah. No, I love this, man. And then race mode, let's see if there's... Dude, if they could remake the uh, some of the, just the original gameplay, like single-player mode. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, that's, that's the other thing. You can play this offline. You right. can play this by yourself. But there is no traditional single-player campaign on here, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's actually like what I started with. Um, I was playing offline by myself with Jet Graffiti, which is you, t- you know you take a map and uh, basically try and cover the whole thing as quick as you can. 
Mm-hmm. The one that I think was the most fun that I played That's online, which again, I have not played very many of the game modes, but racing was an obvious winner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like with what we played yeah. last night? Yeah, racing was fun. Mm-hmm. And I, I did get online, and I played with about two other people, I think, yesterday. Out of nowhere, there was just some people online. Mm-hmm. And then when we got on, there was nobody else. Oh, there was no... It was dead. It got dead, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, your mileage may vary with how many players are there, but, you know, hey... Maybe that means we should just get on more and play more just to encourage more yeah, people. I mean, to get this on. is the first multiplayer game I remember playing in I don't know how long. I don't really play <laughs> multiplayer games yeah. online, so but totally worth it. Yes. Oh, this map looks cool. Oh yeah, that's I, just I, I love these screenshots. Oh, and this just it older versions, this is point two, so this has just been been getting better and better. Yep. Awesome. So uh yeah. Two thumbs up over here, I think. Two thumbs up, for yeah. sure. Yeah, Jet Set Radio Future multiplayer is awesome. Check it out. It's free. If you have access to Windows, download it. Play yes. it. It's awesome. Link will be down below in the description once the show notes are updated. This but. is those times where like, I don't use Windows for hardly anything, but I keep a partition, excuse me, and, uh, or keep a, a drive with Windows on it. And I try and keep it updated so I don't have like an egregious amount of updates when I go to use it. Mm-hmm. And I was so glad because I was able to get in, get playing. It was a little weird to map my controller. I will say that. I almost forgot about that. Um, it did take... I think the biggest frustration was that you cannot access the game settings while you're playing at all. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of stuff like that that unfortunately isn't super intuitive and mm-hmm. can be very hacky. Right. It's not like it's... This is not a perfect experience by any means, mind you. That's not what we're trying to sell you on. But it is an awesome experience, and there is, you know, a, a lot of growth and potential. It's alpha. It's still mm-hmm. alpha for a fan-made game. Yeah. If I were to suggest anything, I would, uh, if you go to play this, download it, go look through all the settings, try and make sure everything's good, make sure your full screen resolution's good, if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, try and map your gamepad. Um, get that all going. Maybe play a couple offline things just to make sure everything's set up, because you could definitely jump into an online game, realize that the game is not configured the way you want, and then you're going to have to end up backing out. and You'll have a bad time. Also, the games, when they end, they don't really end. You oh, have yeah. to actually hit escape and then disconnect out of there. And then when you disconnect, you kick back to the menu, so you have to reconnect to the servers and then do all that. Which I don't even... Yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, you might as well just kick them out. Like, even if you don't have, like, a, a, like a rolling lobby yeah. system, like, just... I have to go to the home screen anyway. Just kick me out after a few seconds. A lot of that is very old school, not super refined. But again, this is something that's alpha. So yep. for what it, like the game actually plays, that's what I'm happy about. Right. But yeah, so we, I think if, if it gets updates, I'm sure we'll be trying them out and we'll yes. report back. Yes. Yeah. And that was one of those things I was like, Devin, I know you don't really get into your Windows partition. You need to for this yeah. though. Well, you just, that, that wasn't a hard sell. I don't think you thought it would be either. No, I didn't think so. But I was just like, try this. Please try this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that we can both have an appreciation for the game because mm-hmm. it definitely has a special place in uh, my gaming heart. And I enjoy it. I, I don't know if it's a, a special place for me, but it's just something I have a lot of appreciation for mm-hmm. and very much enjoy. Definitely but. one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I still remember when I like beat the first level of that because I was about eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Still, like, I was beating that like first couple levels, especially because they were like... Time based of jet grind radio. Yes. You're saying. Yeah. yeah. Your nostalgia is rooted there. Mine is with future. That was so. that, that was that game was a little less forgiving. You had a time frame. You had to know how to like jump around and do that. Like yeah. It, you, it wasn't like an open world thing. It was like get this done. There are cops trying to kill you at like every turn. It's brutal. And when I started like really getting in the groove of that game, I remember it just being so fun. Mm-hmm. So, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. 
So before we drag on too much further, let's bounce back to maybe some Sony news. I guess we are. So do you want to go ahead and kind of take this one? Sure. So this is going to be, uh, let's see, we're going to be highlighting some stuff in regards to the PS4 itself. And there has been not just one, not just two, but there's been a plethora of uh, of emulators, stand, like standalone emulators that have been releasing. Was it the PS4 that w- last month had like multiple games come out, like the Duck Hunt? Yes, stuff? yeah, so Duck Hunt and uh, it wasn't... Was it Hogan's Alley? I want to no, say it was. Uh, it was the the Western one. Yeah. What is, was that Hogan's Alley? I don't remember. It was like a gunslinging. Like I know or, exactly what you're talking about. I just Hogan's Alley just keeps coming to mind. I don't right think now. it was. <laughs> <sighs> but um, yeah, no, there were a lot of homebrew games, like two really cool homebrew games that came out last month, and then this month, uh, Z Null Pointer, who I had seen him making some waves on Twitter in, gar- in regards to, like developing some emulators for the PS4 and such, and uh, mainly porting them over. Uh, PCSXR is the biggest one he had ported over. So you can actually now play PS1 games on the PS4, and you don't have to go into PSX IT Arch. So that's been a real nice thing with it. Uh, Now, these are still, all of these are still very early. So there's a few that have come out. The first one we're looking at is PCSXR. And this one, you install the package file. Now your ROM has to be, the game itself has to be in bin Q format. You have to put on a flash drive. Wild Gunman, thank you. You're welcome. Thank, that was it, not Hogan's Alley. Yeah, I appreciate it. But yeah, you have to put on a flash drive, and it has to be game.bin. Uh, it says here, there are notes that you can copy, well, you copy a memorycard.mcr file to a certain folder, but right now, saving doesn't work, so you don't really have to do that. And uh, I guess th- just preparation. I guess just preparation. If you want to like get it ready for the next update. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so far, that's available on there, which is quite awesome to see. Um, I haven't messed this yet. I didn't have the time to mess with it, unfortunately. But this is absolutely something I want to try. Some that people have been begging for, but right now, no saving on it. Only one game at a time. But it is progress. On top of that, we also have, I don't know how the hell you say this, Yabause? Maybe? There's a Sega Sega Saturn. Yabause. (laughs) (laughs) There is a Sega Saturn emulator, also ported by Z Null Pointer uh, for the PS4. So, again, this is... Hard at work. Yeah, absolutely hard at work. Now, you do need to bring your own BIOS on this. And you can bring your games in either ISO or bin format. Now, the known issues and limitations state 3D games have slowdowns and not pleasant to play. Various 2D games are reported to be working well. Uh, The Saturn is also not an easy console to emulate. So uh, there is a video here by, I believe, Master Turkey still. Um, doing this is the one that was doing the lappy yeah, videos? Yeah, he did well all done. those other lappy videos. Good quality so, videos. So he's still doing these here. But yeah, just kind of looking at this. You know, I never really, I never owned a Sega Saturn. I had one friend that had one, and I only played a couple of games. So I don't have this huge nostalgia for the Sega Saturn, but it might be something worth, like, investing some time into. I would recommend it. It's a real cool system. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just trying to get into some of the gameplay here so we can see what's going on. Let's see. It's loading. It's loading. What's it doing? I mean, so far it looks like it's running pretty smooth. 
at least in the, the media. Oh, yeah, and see, that's uh, where it's really slow. Look at that. Yep. This game runs at 60 frames a second, like, natively, so that's <laughs> this real This is slow. running in slow-mo right now. Yep. So that's a shame. It I, is, but again, this is still very early, and on top of that, Saturn emulation is not easy to do. Right. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Have you done much... Uh, of Saturn emulation in the past? On the I have not. I typically play from the uh, on the console itself. Oh, very nice. If I'm going to play on there, yeah. But yeah, let's see. There was also another one. I don't know if we have it, have too much on here at least, but this is at least from PSX Hacks where they were mentioning the, uh, the Raycast emulator as well. Uh, there are downloads for this as well too, and there's a few betas of it. So Raycast, in case you do not know, is a Dreamcast emulator which has been ported over. Let's see. It looks like Dark Element ended up having a uh, Rayman 2 gameplay on here. So let's mm -hmm. take a look at this. Just reading through this, a couple of interesting tidbits. It sounds like uh, this is made with the Sony SDK and not the open one. So I don't know what ramifications that might have in the future. This download looks to be available yeah. at the moment, but hopefully some it doesn't get taken down for... Yeah, let's see. <laughs> yeah, but just something to be aware of. Um, trying to see if there's anything of note in these tweets that are kind of playing here. I'm trying to game has been loaded successfully. All right, cool. I'm just trying to see what else is going to happen here. It is. Oh, it's loading. Looks like. Okay, there we go. So this is the actual cutscene, which seems to be okay. The reason why this is kind of messed up on the left and right, as you can see, is that this game is supposed to be in 4x3, but it's being forced into widescreen mode because Raycast can do that. So, oh, wow. yeah, it wouldn't. you normally wouldn't have all this crazy popping and stuff on the side. Yeah, if but, you ignore that, it's really not so bad. Yeah, let's get into the actual gameplay here, though. That's not bad, dude. Maybe a little slow. It's slow, but that's certainly not bad. And dr now, granted, Dreamcast emulation is also much farther along. Yeah, this, this it's is much farther along than Saturn. That's really cool. Cool. PS4 would be an awesome console to play Dreamcast on. It certainly would be. the uh, The last one here is MGBA. It was oh, also yeah. ported over. So let's see. Or beta release via actually Z. Yeah, no, Zlog. Okay, and then developer. Okay. So it looks like Zlog80 and Pointer had both worked on this to some capacity. I don't know the full details on there. I just know these were kind of just all lumped under uh, Pointer. But again, another demonstration video by Master Turkey. I'll kind of go forward here a little bit cause so we can actually get into some gameplay. And that's going to be... Hold on. Let me... Here, I'm going to move here. So we skip the Mario stuff. There we go. <laughs> and I haven't been on SendSpace in a long time. Oh, man. Yeah, so, some stuff is still distributed through there. <laughs> but yeah, either way, uh, MGBA does not look bad on here. This this looks pretty good. What do you think? Overall, I think it's pretty good sign. Uh, MGBA is a emulator that I think has been around for... Quite a while, and long you've seen time. Yeah, good development on it. So I have no, uh, I have no worry about people smoothing out the edges on that as time goes on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and also dark elements coming in here saying, "I really wish it ran a lot better." Hi guys, by the way, mm -hmm. <laughs> we're just showing his video there, and he pops in. Great. 
But yeah, no, that's that's been about uh, some of the stuff I wanted to talk about on the PS4. So really cool. It's really good. I mean, I guess four kinda, four different standalone emulators being ported. That's awesome progress. And we've kind of like talked about a lot of the development. We, we've seen this grow on the PS4 quite a bit, like mm-hmm. over the course of this podcast. So it's been really cool to see a lot of that stuff out. Yep. Um, so very nice. Very nice indeed. And we might have to have like a a play session at some point. Yes, we do need to do that. Yeah. It would be nice to like compare and contrast to like maybe, I don't know, some of these emulators and especially with the Switch coming out with a lot, see what works best on what. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, that's about it for PS4 news. Did you have anything else you wanted to kind of ready up on? That's about it on my end, at least. So, PS Vita has been getting a decent amount of attention, it especially has. with the Trinity exploits. Yes. Um, yes. However, Nintendo has come... They patched it. And yes. Basically, from what I was reading, patched like every single exploit involved. They, they did. Surprisingly, they did. Yes. Uh, so according to, I ended up grabbing, I, I did follow this as it was unfolding, but uh, just Aurora over on Wolo.net just did a great job summarizing it all here. So as I said near the beginning of the podcast, PS Vita firmware 3.71 ended up releasing. As expected, it patched Trinity. And for anybody who doesn't know, Trinity was the latest 3.70 exploit, which uh, essentially you had to activate your system, download any PSP game, you then repackage the PSP game with this Trinity exploit, and it uses three different exploit chains to, uh, or I guess three different exploit chains to allow you to install and access Homebrew and run unsigned code and Hinkaku and everything on your Vita. Now it was stressed. There was there was a lot of remember we've covered this on the podcast. Like Devin, we th- there was a lot of preparation where a few months before it came out, uh, the flow said, "Hey, this is time sensitive. This requires PSN access. This requires us to download some stuff. So you all have like two months to download any PSP mm-hmm. game." And then the release came out, and then it's been about two and a half months that it's just been running on the latest firmware, been all good, and then this dropped. And I know Sony, the only thing they really did to mitigate it in the time was they did delist, from what I understand, they delisted pretty much all free PSP games and demos from their marketplace. So you could still do this. Even after they delisted, you could still do it, but you did have to pay for a PSP game if you did not have one already. Oh, man. Yeah. Hmm. Which were five or ten bucks. That's still worth it. Small price to pay, but that's kind of, that's a shame. I I do hate seeing stuff like that, like games getting taken down off the store just because of the impact, but I understand. Mm -hmm. And excuse me, so it's an exploit chain, but there was three stages of the exploit chain. That's what I should have said. Hence the name Trinity. Yes. That's kind of where that came from. Exactly. But yeah, no, this ended up, and it was confirmed by the flow, that it fixed every single bug, which this is interesting for me to see because a lot of times when stuff like this comes out sony is known let's say if there was a an exploit chain like this sony will patch one of the points or two of the points but like to break the chain they actually yeah they'll break the chain but this time no they patched everything out of this they wanted to stomp this out Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, it's pretty big for that to be running on the latest firmware i mean i think that was a good move on their part for their intentions Mm -hmm. but yeah, it sounds like they're starting to learn their lesson. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe better or for worse. I don't know, but uh, either way, it's not recommended at all. Do not update to three point seven one. 
if you have auto update on your Vita, disable that right now in case you do get an update and such. The other thing would be if you have a modded Vita in your Hinkaku settings, change your region, well, change your version spoofing to 3.71. Now, the other thing that's cool is that, uh, as we can see here, Team XYZ, it's saying here, has demonstrated in February, well, the exploit by Team XYZ that was demonstrated in February seems to be alive and well on firmware 3.71. Right. I don't remember if we covered this. I think we I did. I think we did, which that we one did. was the one that like was kind of teased, but also was just yes. like, we may not ever release this. Yes, it was It was shown on Twitter at the time. It worked on 3.70, and then Trinity ended up coming out. But that exploit still works on 3.71, which means that people have been able to access unsigned code and Hinkaku on 3.71, which is awesome news. Right. So we'll see if they actually release it or is this going to be just another tease yeah you know we'll, I mean? we'll see i in my opinion i think if it were me holding on to it i would hold on to it uh until end of day like un until true end of life on yeah. the beta and a lot of people i, I kind of want to talk about this too a lot of people have been saying like why would sony even patch this why are they allocating resources why are they doing this and to me it makes sense i mean one they are one to protect their product but two there's still vita games that are coming out there's some physical, limited physical ones that are coming out, but there's still digital Vita games that are coming to the storefront. So something like the PSP, for example, where there hasn't been a PSP release in years, there's no reason for them to maintain that and to patch out things. Um, for something like the PS3, 4.82 was openly exploitable for like a year, and then it was patched. 4.84 has been openly exploitable for months, and I think Sony really drags their feet on that for a couple reasons. One, there's really no PS3 games coming out. I don't even know if Just Dance 2019 is coming out on the PS3. But the other thing is, too, they don't really want people to be on the PS3. They're kind of saying, hey, just we have, we have a successor. We have another console. PS4, get that. PS4 Pro, get one of those. But they don't have another handheld that they can point to. The first handheld isn't supported anymore. The second handheld is pretty much on live support at this point. So they can't really say, hey, move on to the Vita 2, for example. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the smaller thing. But the main point is there are, there is still support in the way that there are new digital games that are releasing on the Vita. So once that completely dries up, I feel like the firmware updates will come to a very, very small trickle, even smaller than this. Yeah. The reality is a lot of these decisions come down to money if there is a perceived um, amount of money to be made that, you know, leaving these things open would impede, mm -hmm. then the business is going to make the decision. Yeah. Wouldn't be that surprising, no matter what, so. Now, the surprising thing is, I, I don't remember who, for, for the life of me, uh, but there was someone on Twitter I had seen who stated that, funny enough, this firmware, according to the build date, was built a week, about a week after Trinity was released. So this was patched extremely quickly. Yeah. But the thing is, to actually get to production and be pushed out, it took, what, another over two months to do that. I guess QA was really going hard on it, or they were dragging their yeah. feet. I don't know, but it was it was patched pretty quickly. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's patched the Patched and built right? within the first, within a week of release. Firmware updates, you know, I've, I've never issued firmware updates for anything like that. Um but they're risky. They can brick devices, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I think, I don't know if that's normal of a time frame per se, but I understand. You definitely don't want to 
prevent people from like uh, jailbreaking their PlayStation while also bricking other people's. Mm-hmm. Then you get the people that maybe didn't even care about you know the exploit mad because they can't use their console, mm-hmm. and you could lose a whole other um, kind of category of users. Yeah. So, I get it. Um, I do too. You know, it is what it is. It is what it is, man. But good signals from the uh, Team XYZ. Yes, yeah. There's at least something that exists on 3.71, which makes me happy. So, uh, before we kind of get out of PS Vita territory, it sounds like there's been some progress on a bug bounty that we had talked about. There is, yes. For anybody that doesn't know, we had advertised this last uh, last episode and said, hey, you could do this. Money. Right. Money right here. We have an article uh, on Wololo also that I'm sure we'll look at. Mm -hmm. At the time, a few days ago, or a couple days ago, it was July 16th, it was at uh, $1,067. So in uh, less than like eight days, it's gone up to $1,172 US dollars. This has over doubled since we last looked at it. That's really cool. Yeah, and for anybody that doesn't know, again, for the GXM driver for the Vita, if this is if this bounty is satisfied, this would mean that emulators are able to utilize uh, hardware acceleration mm-hmm. on the Vita, so you can have much better performing N sixty four games. You can have much better three D games and three D assets be utilized in emulators and such and other homebrew. So this would be the this would be really awesome to see here. Right. So it says, um, or I guess specifically with, with RetroArch, but. Yeah. <laughs> over here under, uh, I don't know if you want to switch over to the Wololo article. Kind sure, of I don't mind. Recent progress. It says that, uh, I see how we pronounce his name. This is always fun. Name roulette. Frangar? Frangar? Oh, uh, Frangar. That's how I would say it. Frangar. Frangar. Uh, <laughs> is, Frangar is thinking about writing a GXM-specific hardware rendering driver per PCSX rearmed, allowing for rendering of some PS1 games at higher resolutions for better image quality. Um, That'd be cool. A a status update published a short while ago in which Frangard discuss uh, the progress he's already done. This includes getting runtime shader compilation to work, which is instrumental in allowing cores, such as ones for SNES, GBA, to make use of filters and shaders on the PS Vita, thus making games look better in some instances. The Vita 2D driver has been updated to the latest version. Scissoring support for the menu drivers being implemented. This is used for rendering the Ozone driver, Switch SQI, and menu widgets. Um, I promise to take a look at the Ozone driver and menu widgets, presumably after finishing the scissoring support mentioned above. And apparently, the final RetroArch driver will be based on Vita 2D, not GXM Vita GL, as was initially stated. Uh, hardware context for cores and shader pipelines will be implemented to it as well. Um, I'm not super familiar with Vita 2D, um, but I thought that line was interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, is is the Vita 2D, I mean, Vita 2D does not use the GXM thing, so they're planning on making... Correct. V- Vita 2D can use, so- it can get away with a software acceleration, not okay. hardware acceleration. Interesting. So I guess what does that mean for the end result like if we're trying to shoot for getting much better emulation performance and i'm sure better performance with you know anything else that's going to utilize this directly with emulators and retro arch again this would mean that uh, 3d would be much better well i guess they could really use the actual hardware i'm probably just missing something a little bit here by not knowing the full background but it says that the 
final driver will be based on Vita 2D, not GXM. And hmm. Right? Yeah. So that, I'm not really sure what that means. Maybe maybe we can kind of circle back on that at some yeah. point. But yeah. Um, good to see that there's an update. Definitely nice to see there's progress and that the bounty will hopefully go to some good use. Um, I'm hoping so. Uh, this is uh, a decent amount of money. I mean, I'll, I would take, you know, a grand yeah. for <laughs> developing some software. Yeah, that's some good money right there. Yeah. So please, if if you, if anybody listening to this has the skill set you think that you could tackle this, you can get yourself twelve hundred bucks, mm-hmm. almost twelve hundred bucks. That that's a good amount of cash right there. Yep. We'll leave the, <laughs> the bounty source and whatnot in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So definitely go check it out. All right, now we do have a little bit of Nintendo 64 news. So we do. Oddly enough. So we do. So you posted this, and I, did. I had not heard about it. I like literally did not hear about it until <laughs> very recently. And I think this is really cool. I think so, too. I, th- I think you'd be able to, I guess, give a more educated summary on it than me. but Perhaps. Perhaps. So <laughs> people have already mentioned it in the chat. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to all the people that are watching live. Super Mario 64 has been decompiled or reverse engineered or uh, however you want to phrase it. We kind of have a start to a source code that you can actually compile to legit Super Mario 64. Mm -hmm. Now, I did, uh, see, I had some notes here. I can't remember if I read them or you might have put this in here. I I, I put those ones in there. Okay, so... um, this was an ongoing project that was like kind of in the underground, not public, but it got leaked. So it's unfortunately, like, it got leaked. Yeah, yeah, it happens. So this isn't done. Uh, big thing to note. Um, details from people working on it. To answer your question, yes, this is a full source code which can be recompiled with modern tool chains. Um, if, for example, GCC, which is incredibly common to find on you know any operating system, any other target platforms. Uh, uh, like PC with quite a bit of work. Uh, there already exists some proof of concept wireframe stuff. Just to keep in mind that we weren't done yet. It's only really maybe like 50 or 65% done uh, code and documentation wise. This code base is an absolute treasure for pre- preservation sake. Turns out if you compile your ROM unoptimized, it's really easy to get the uncompiled code from assembly. guess Nintendo should have double checked their C flags, which is kind of just a, it's a compiler flag, mm-hmm. um, before shipping US and to US and Japan. Uh, don't re- misread me. 65% just means the rename stuff from raw variables like function, ADF00, F00, and whatever else. Um, are actually just like readable names now. So these are kind of things that when you like reverse engineer a lot of stuff, they get just default names because a lot of the variable names don't really translate to compiled code. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So you can compile it in the current state and it will produce a working Super Mario 64 ROM. That's awesome. Right. So this really is like, I guess, decompiled. So this reverse engineered is even uh, not exactly accurate. So that's that's incredible. All from a mistake, really, on Nintendo's <laughs> end. Um, so that's incredible. Now, that's some of the nitty-gritty out of the way. You had asked, like, what could be done with this? Yeah, I'm just, just as a layman, like, asking, for example, what so, can we do with this? Obviously, for game preservation's sake, I think this is a gem. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while you'll see old video game source code come out and I think it's a really a nice snapshot in time for a variety of reasons whether it's like development style or kind of working within the limitations of hardware etc um, 
I am no expert on emulators, but I would hope something like this maybe could like lend itself to like working hand in hand with emulators to help improve Nintendo 64 emulation. I'm not sure if that's actually a realistic expectation, but I know that Nintendo 64 emulation is notoriously kind of difficult because of the strange architecture and whatnot. Just a bit, yeah. And I, I know overall it's kind of been handled as a let's get these games working, yeah. like these certain games working, as opposed to let's get the entire platform to right. get to an even state. So I think uh, maybe maybe that would help out. I, I can't say for sure. But overall, I think this is really nice. Um I've copped this and have it in my kind of archive, and I have no <laughs> idea if I'll ever do anything with it, but I'm happy to have it. And I hope that they continue to finish reverse engineering this before Nintendo smacks them uh, down, because I have a feeling it's coming in some shape or form. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, honestly. But Now, to get the source like, code, it's not being floated around mm -hmm. quite as willy-nilly as you know, yeah. other things might be. I, I guess I can say there, there's many hints on the thread yeah. about getting um, it. But I ended up on... I essentially ended up finding like a somewhat random download link from an archive forum post. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like... Uh, it's there, it's just it has to be hunted for, is what you're a saying. Little bit, a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, not too bad. So... This is neat. It is. But really, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll see a lot of Super Mario 64 mods come out of this. But again, you're going to be, you know, I, I don't know even where the legal area of this falls into having a source code. I don't think it's legal. I don't think just because it's been decompiled or whatever that it gets around that. I'm pretty sure it's copyrighted material still. It is. So maybe we'll see some underground mods or something like that. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll see some, like, uh, patch files, like... Uh, Pokemon ROM hacks who usually get a patch <laughs> file to apply. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we'll see some things more along those lines, or like I know there's there's been ROM hacks out for Super Mario sixty four for a while. I know one of the big things that was kind of talked about this with a few people was um, this can mainly be ported to other like direct ports to other platforms. Sure, but then I guess you're still even if you do that, it's like are you going to compile it yourself or are you going to get I guess a sketchy copy of the compiled version online? Right, right. right. So like, I mean, there still could be complications with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, one thing, if the code, especially if it gets really easy to compile with step-by-step -step instructions, if you could find the code, I'm sure there, you could get like patch files to like essentially overwrite the source code files and then compile with those and get whatever you want. Gotcha. Um, we do. I, I did want to talk about this a bit because there are a few people in here. So apparently, uh, one person saying the decomp team is all watching right now. So if you are... Fun. Thank you. Hopefully we're doing this some justice here. But some things that have been said have been uh, Game Master PLC stated, the Super Mario 64 Dean compilation now requires Super Mario 64, not the leaked version, but the private version that's being prepared for release does. Uh, Fox Let Fox says it is actively being worked on. Uh, it is not legal is, what yeah. that's be is what's being mentioned there. And then also Super Mario 64 randomizer uses the Super Mario 64 decompile. So, so yeah, um, yeah, I think it's just going to be a wait and see thing. You know, I would like to see, I guess, how many other games maybe can be de decompiled in a similar fashion. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll see a trend of this and we'll get like a treasure trove of Nintendo 64 source code. That'd be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, back, back with this stuff again, like I think the most interesting thing is just a lot of this stuff is coded in assembly originally and uh, 
seeing like what they had to work with at the time like i would like to get in the minds of some of the developers like see how they organize their functions what kind of like design patterns they may have been following back then mm-hmm. you know tearing through what like 25 year old code at this yeah. point now yeah it's just awesome well this is a little off topic but i actually was uh watching some conference talks from i think it was john romero from id software one yeah of the co-founders yeah, yeah and hearing him talk about some of like the mantras that they uh had back like in their earlier early days you know the early 90s and whatnot a lot of their like philosophies and design patterns were totally relevant today and i think people were like still tout as being extremely um, good design patterns and so i'd love to see the parallels in the code and that and you know shoot even if you want up that some people like john romero or like in the nintendo position could come out and talk about it mm-hmm. uh, in any shape or form you know that's some of the stuff that i'd be most interested in mm-hmm yeah, I know, uh, you know about, like, Doom 3 was uh, released open source, right? Uh, I don't know if I knew that particular. It sounds familiar. So, so the source was, really, I'm just thinking of that because, I don't know, John Romero, kind of strings got <laughs> crossed there. Yeah. But, uh, no, several years ago, the source code for Doom 3 was released, and I remember I was talking with some coders who were just saying, they're like, yeah, if you're ever bored, just download the source code and look through it. It's really interesting to see what the hell they did for some of this stuff mm-hmm. here. I can so, imagine. Yeah. I think I don't remember which one, but I think Star Wars Battlefront one or two. It was one of them. The source code also got released for that. Hmm. I did not know that either. Yeah, that's some things I definitely like to have keep uh, kept around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Um, I know that uh, I, I don't think from our conversations either of us have tried to compile this per se. Nope. But I have not. It's pretty neat. Um, this is obviously a private thing, so we'll see how like public the you know subsequent stuff is. I guess, yeah. But I know if the if the team is hanging out in here, which it looks like they are, I don't know if they can say anything else on it. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, so like that it was release, mentioned, at least I'm just looking at some of the stuff that's been noted here. Any further like development, from what I understand, is going to be just niceties. It's going to be like naming variables, more sensible things, you know, variables and functions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I guess it's, it is what it is. It's not going to be, I don't think, buggy per se because it's literally the source code. Yeah. And you can like, from what I was reading somewhere, it's not in our show notes here, but I was reading uh, somewhere that like you can actually, you know, when you compile this, you can like compare it like one-to-one with the actual official ROM and it should mm-hmm. like match up byte for byte. Yes. So um, yeah. it's really like niceties and like just kind of uh, stylings to come out from here. So if we don't get another... Um, pseudo public release then it should yeah. still be in a good state for people to kind of tweak around with well well on, on that like you're saying pseudo public release I, I can't say that several people are saying here pretty soon and soon are the answers mm. <laughs> yeah but even know. then what you were saying just kind of commenting um, what was uh, what was mentioned when you were talking about like some other games and such uh, some things that are being mentioned here are that uh, mainly it's this is just going to get this is going to be one of the few ones if not the only one uh i know it's noted here most games won't get the same treatment simply because they weren't left in the same conditions as mario 64 yeah yeah man it's i would love to get in the mind of like people who know why this happened because that seriously has to be an oversight was this like a rushed final build at what point did they realize that they did this or was this not a concern of theirs i don't know 
seems like a, they they had to get it out for the for the super uh, for the Nintendo sixty four launch. So maybe maybe that's what it was, and it just was an oversight and slipped out. Mm-hmm. Could be. But anyways, really cool. I'll be waiting to hear more. I'm very excited for this. Same here. I do want to follow this story. So um, awesome to see so far. Yeah, and if any of the uh, people behind this are in the chat for real, uh, we got some new names here that I am not familiar with. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't keep. I haven't kept I'm up just going to be optimistic and assume that yeah, <laughs> you all so are doing. Shout out to like, everyone involved. This yeah. is really cool work. Yeah. All right, now we've got one final topic here before we get into the Q and A. We do. Do you want to take this one? Uh, sure, I certainly can. So I know this was a, this was something that it was linked on my Discord in regards to all of this here, because uh, it was a story that came out of TechSpot, and it was one of those things that mm. it made me, yeah, real quick. Oh, someone said, all right, they realized like referencing back to the Sumara thing. Reali- mm-hmm. They realized it before the European release because it was actually fixed in their European release. So oh. it was the U.S. and Japanese ones. Thank you for letting us know. So I think that's very interesting. If that is the case. That is really cool. And that's why that it was specifically, sense. it was specified there, U.S. and Japanese releases. Wow. Fascinating. All to right. Kind of like peel back the layers of like how some of this stuff was executed and maybe what's, what's going on inside mm-hmm. some of these people's minds. Yeah. Anyways, apologize for uh, cutting no. you off. I thought that was fascinating. Oh, good. Oh, good. No, we need to get that out. <laughs> but yeah, no. So this was linked to me uh, initially in the Discord. And it's, it's something that this isn't new by any means, uh, but this is... I guess mod chat. You could say some modding related things here. Maybe repurposing. Airport I think it found, counts. yeah. Airport find found using Xbox Connects for surveillance. So this is in the Newark International Airport, which I've been there before. The last time I went, I did not notice any connects, but this was noticed by Jason Scott on Twitter here initially, where he had taken a few photos and said TSA is now using Xbox Connects for surveillance in the Newark Airport. Good job, Tech. Slow cap, clap, Microsoft. Well, they, they still have the Xbox logo, by the way. Those things are, like, sticking way out there. Yes, they are. <laughs> They're not hiding them at all. No. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. I mean, I guess I, I've been in airports a number of times. I could probably miss something like this, at least not pay super close attention to it. Mm-hmm. But it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. It does. Yeah, and it's saying here whether the accessory makes for a better alternative than existing security cameras or if a bunch of these were going for cheap, as anyone's guess. But it is interesting to see the device is still in use, albeit not in a TV lounge, but an airport. I'm going to say it's probably both. It probably does a good job doing what it needs to do and it's been repurposed for. And it was also probably quite cheap to pick up. Well, and I wonder, like, from what I understand, they're not really producing the Connect in this form anymore, right? They're not continuing development or even no no further official development on Connect. And uh, so I wonder what what kind of support you get. Like, was this like. I feel like an airport. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I don't work at an airport, and I have no idea. I, I don't think they're going to get any special treatment on it. Well, but <laughs> it seems weird to me to make an investment like this that isn't something that you can keep up on for sure. Like, that doesn't scale forever. Like, even if they got, like, a bunch of, let's say, the, you know, replacement ones of these, they just stocked up on them in case they broke. Like, is there, like, a repair thing that they have got going with Microsoft? Um, I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like, are they just going to replace them until they run out? And then what's the plan? That doesn't, that seems like a really weird thing for, like, an airport to I feel like it'd be the latter, because I don't think they're going, I don't know how long they're going to rely on them if it's, if they're really thinking that, you know, they can rely on these for decades by any means. Uh, I just know I've seen both the Connect 1.0 and 2.0 be used for many, many different projects, some things like this. Uh, I've seen 
uh, for a lot of recognition, I've actually been to airports where it wasn't sticking out like that, but like you're going through one of the security gates and on the side, they have some connect stuff there. Mm. Uh, one, of the cooler, the last time I saw a connect thing, I was actually at a museum and it was the connect 1.0. And I guess the best way I can describe this is, uh, there was a connect that was hanging out at the top of this exhibit. And there was something that was just demonstrating, you know, how water water patterns work and everything. And below, it was in a dark area. Okay. There was a lot of, uh, and it was just, you know, terrain and such. And you could use sand to build up the terrain, destroy it, manipulate it however you want to. And then you can move water all over the place. And that's all being recognized. All like video mapped or something? Yeah, it was, it was being mapped and it was being utilized with the original connect on that. Hmm. And I guess the, the thing... I, I've always loved seeing stuff like this, but the thing I really wanted to see on this is that the Connect is not a bad device. It's actually a really awesome device if utilized properly. It's just, it's a device that does not serve a need in gaming. Like, even so, I remember, like, with the, not so much the 360, but with the Xbox One, uh, voice recognition worked really well. Voice commands worked well. Facial recognition worked really well. But for actual games, it was it was shoehorned in and it wasn't successful. So yeah, I would agree. It's I, cool seeing it in not gaming stuff. I never owned one. I knew some people that did. It never like impressed me enough to like want to get one. Um, the stuff that did impress me though was when we first started seeing some of the stuff on like Windows. Like I remember seeing someone who was like manipulating their desktop and whatnot. Just, yeah, you know, with the depth sensor like coming in close enough. Once you got to a certain distance, it activated like essentially a click and you could drag. Um, I'm still waiting for more things like that, you know? I, I'm surprised we haven't seen some of that. Um, I know I was reading about the Kinect, because I haven't kept up with it, and I read something along the lines of how Microsoft essentially is, like, working on more, is it, like, an enterprise development kit or something like that? I it's, believe it, but I, mean, I know they're not they're not manufacturing any of the Kinects anymore. Well, yeah, maybe I can find it. Um, sure. But, like, let's see. I didn't. I personally didn't hear about that, but I'm not doubting it. I just didn't hear about it. And I don't it. remember where I read it. I wish I would have put it in the notes, honestly, because mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong. But I remember reading something about that. Um, but it was, it was a very different incarnation. And like, I guess I think it was kind of in reference to this because they were saying like oh, they still got the Xbox logo on it and the oh yeah they these did. other connects like. These development kits like did not; they were more bare bones. Yeah, I think the only difference they've made on some of the connects were that were meant for more PC development and such is they would either come with a connect to USB adapter or they had just a regular USB cable, like a USB end at the very end of the cable. So you didn't use the Xbox's proprietary uh, plug. You know what I mean? Yep. Fox Fox here's got exactly what I was thinking of. Um, they're still making connects in the form of the Azure Connect DK. Really? Yeah. I did not know about that. Is that yeah. what you were talking about? Yes. Then? Yes. Because exactly. yeah, Azure that would certainly be their enterprise solution. Thank right. you for that. I, I, Google was not doing well for me. Oh, <laughs> I see. Oh, you know what? I've I've seen this here. I have. So. Um, yeah, it's a completely different form factor from what I'm seeing. I don't know much about these, but like it is surprising that I guess who knows when those airports installed those connects, but some. Surprising that they don't. To be honest, do it's like probably this. it's probably a lot cheaper to get true. Xbox One Connect than get true. the Azure Connect. This DK. is four hundred bucks right here. Yeah, but yeah, it looks just like anybody can go buy to it. thrift shops, go to some local game stores, go to GameStop to clear out their Connects. Easy. It, <laughs> this is now in my cart, and I will not buy it. 
but <laughs> it's totally off the sh- not off the shelf necessarily, I guess, but off the online shelf. Yeah. So no, I I remember very very briefly seeing this because this this looks extremely familiar to me, and it's yeah, it's not as obnoxious as the original mm-hmm. Connect. I do wonder if that actually has any real Azure tie-in, or they're just using the Azure name for like enterprise sake. Hmm. I feel like they'd probably be using the name more if anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. It um, is. But you know, Microsoft loves their Azure these days. They do. Azure is honestly, as a non-Microsoft fan, Azure is getting pretty cool, but really only because they're just like embracing the crap out of Linux. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you know, some of their new kind of, I guess it's all enterprise, but um, Azure functions, kind of like the serverless thing. I don't know if you've really heard much about serverless architectures. It's kind of more of a bit like, you can literally provide Amazon as their own. I'm sure Google, I think Google Cloud has their own. Um, basically, you can provide it. Let's say all you need to do is like execute like a Java or a Python function or a JavaScript function, right? And maybe like an external call. Maybe you want it to be in response to something. Um, so like when an activity happens, uh, send an email. Mm-hmm. And that the only all you need to do is run that for that reason. So running a server like all the time, maybe like overkill, this will literally like spin up the server essentially. It hosts your code and knows what to do with the code and runs all the server applications, fires off the API request and like shuts back down. And you get paid for like the number of requests as opposed to like gotcha. running a server like monthly. Yeah, or like minutes or anything. Right. On so they're that, virtualizing so. the crap out of everything. They're even being That's like- That's impressive. Here, like you, we don't, you don't need to know how to configure a Python server. I don't know, slight tangent about uh, Azure, but mm-hmm. they're doing some all right stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so this actually, Fox has said this particular model uses Azure computing to accelerate AI models, which I could see. So, okay, um, it's taking the load off and using the Azure servers apparently. Or gotcha. So that's well so that's that. how they tie it in there. And I'm I'm really guessing for, you know for these little projects and for you know what New Orc is doing in several other airports, they don't need that Azure power right. behind what they're doing. So it's probably so. part of their actual like software yeah. development kit um, that ties in with this. But pretty neat. It is. Real cool. So that's about it for topics. It is. Woo. It is. Yeah. So typically what we do is uh, about this time, uh, you know, we, we've been going on for about an hour and a half or so just above that. And uh, what we like to do is we like to hang out, you know, with you all, if you all are here during the live version of the show, uh, if you are listening to a MP3 version, or if you're uh, watching this after the fact, you know, try and come out for maybe the next show for some good reasons. And, uh, you know, ask us some questions if if you're available to. Uh, we do normally try and stream about in the middle of the month or so uh, on a Wednesday, and I do announce it on here, on Twitter, a few other places and such. So, yeah. At this point, if anybody in the live chat has any questions they want to ask us, you know, we're always able to uh, take what we can on here, answer a few questions. If you all have anything you want to ask, feel free to. But uh, one thing before we get into that, so ask your questions if you have them. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we do we do have to to take a little bit of a downturn here, get a little serious, and uh, let's get serious on this. Yeah, yeah, but no, for real. Um, I passed on to you, man. Oh man, <laughs> put it on me. All right, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. It's fine. So this is a little bit. Uh, I'm going to need to kind of piggyback off of you a bit just to kind of sure, you know, sure. generate your own thoughts and ideas and everything like that. But sure. yeah, we have a little bit of sad news here. So this is not 
uh, it's not this episode, but essentially the next episode of Mod Chat is going to be the last episode with me as a co-host, and it probably is going to be going through some other changes. I don't know how much you want to talk about I, your plans. I can confirm it will be going through some changes, yeah. So uh, you, you can also let you speak to, like, you know, how much of that you want to talk about. But, um, but yeah, we've been on the podcast for over two years now, at least for my first God, appearance. God, it's flown by. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, just me, where I'm at in life has changed. Um, how, how much free time I had, you know, changed. Um, and even, I guess, my interest, too. Like, I s- still love modding, but it's, you know... I think when I first got on ModChat, I was in like a, a modding renaissance, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the 3DS was popping. I was really on top of that, and it kind of naturally, organically seemed like a good fit as your old co-host, Daniel, was kind of exiting. Yes. So uh, that all worked out very well, and I think, you know, I don't think there's really any regrets on any sides for mm-hmm. everything that's gone on the last couple of years. But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't feel like I have the... Uh, time or um, kind of interest to continue doing this and do the show justice, really. I love doing the show in general. I love the chat. I love the experience and everything. But uh, it's really when it comes down to it, I have less and less time than I ever have. And, you know, for the past six months, I've been doing so much code in my free time. And, um, you know, I don't want to say I'm going through a career shift because I'm still doing development, but I've really like invested a lot on learning like a lot of front end technologies um, as opposed to doing more back end server related code. And it's really, I mean, it takes up a lot of time, but it also takes up a lot of my passion. And there's only so much like passion to like give. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, you know, we, we talked about this a number of months ago and, um, you know, honestly, I feel like I'm not even really any less busy than I was then, but I was kind of like on overload where it was like, mm-hmm. and it stinks. Because you even, you have been pretty overloaded the past few months with kind yeah. of just everything. And even though the, and we talk about this, even though the podcast, it's, it's pretty low effort and it doesn't take up too much time. It's something we do monthly. Mm-hmm. It's like the big thing is too, even for me, like these months just fly by. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> it, it comes up and it really is, you know, like they, they fly by, um, shoot if some of my you know uh uh personal friends were in the chat right now i don't think anyone uh really is but it's like they could attest to that it's just like uh, i don't know man i don't know how i do it um <laughs> and my girlfriend's almost the same way we, we always seem to have stuff going on mm-hmm. but you know and it's like a lot of it's for good right like i've been doing a lot of coding a lot of, uh, family stuff seems to happen all the time um girlfriend and i have been in the gym more than ever um so that's been there's been a lot of great things but uh but yeah i think that like i've thought about this for a long time and i think i think i told you it best uh or described it best like this at this point like the idea of listening to mod chat and keeping up with uh all that like listening to it as a consumer yeah sounds amazing Mm -hmm. and performing on the podcast and kind of keeping up with that less interesting like i love keeping up with stuff kind of at a high level but you know my modding debt has been like notorious slightly memefied even by ourselves <laughs> right so I, I totally understand that yeah and, and as i told you we, we've had this conversation a few times offline but you know i i was telling Devin, i said like dude you got to do what's best for you mm-hmm. like if you really can't and and at the beginning because it was it was earlier this year you did bring it up to me i think it was like 
February even. Something like that, yeah. And I know you'd kind of said, hey, I'm going to do it for the next few months. I'm going to see how it feels and such If I, because if, I don't want to make a decision I'm going to regret. Yeah. Like, that's what you were saying. And at the time, I was I was personally not ready because it was just sprung on me. I'm like, oh, no, oh, well, no, oh, no. I can't do this. No, 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 not right now. If you remember, that was during – I didn't have any crises going on, but, but there you, was a lot of stuff going yeah. on. I was working overtime, and it was approaching – a mod chat day and it was like oh my gosh i have to like catch up on this i haven't <laughs> i haven't done anything related to modding this month um mm-hmm. and you know just researching the topics like if i put it off like researching all the topics you usually like i mean it takes a, a good number of hours like it's honestly like yeah. for like comfortably that's like at least a two-day affair or a three-day affair mm-hmm. yeah with me or else i cram in way too much and you know what i mean I don't get to like spend the time on stuff that I want to. Mm-hmm. And that's without a lot of the time actually like really getting and, my hands on and, stuff. And then you got to realize as well too, and I'm kind of more saying this to people who are listening, you also got to realize that then you've also said this, something that you are honestly less passionate about. So then you got to spend time doing and researching and yeah. preparing for something that you don't even have that much interest in as much now as you did, you know, a year or two ago. It's, yeah, it's a bit forced, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the 3DS, excuse me, guys. 3DS was an awesome experience, you know what I mean? It really sure. rekindled a lot of memories, and I'm so glad that I... Hey, we met thanks to the 3DS stuff. That's very so. true. Yeah. So no regrets there, but, um, you know, I, I definitely have a different path that I like to, I'm going down right now. You know, I'm, I might uh, start doing some more, like, blog articles on some of the development stuff I'm keeping up with. Um, I really want to go down that path. It's a thing... You know, I, lo- I think modding communities are great, but it's also like this weird circular thing where it's like I can spend time on learning more code related stuff or working on personal projects, which fuels, you know, scratches that itch. And it's also like because I'm so used to open source work and all this stuff and like kind of the community side of things, um, I can put a lot of that out there. And that just, you know, um, that's, you know, portfolio work. Yeah. Right. That's, you know what I mean? Um, I've even like gotten involved and have gotten a few pull requests uh, merged for some like pretty big projects that I really like. I, I would love to like you know what I mean be more involved in those and have some of the skills to work on some sure. of that stuff. So like, congratulations on that, by the way. You. I yeah. told you already before. Congratulations yeah. again. You know, and they, they were small things, but it's like I want to do more of this. This is where I'm at now. So it's not like I don't like modding or I'm like over it or I've grown out of it. I just think it just falls below the ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there will be a day where, like, I really get in the kick again. But I think I'd like it to come on its own mm-hmm. and not be forced. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. So, yeah. I um, know it's uh, it's one of those things, like, even, you know, because I, I had said already, you know, you need to do what's best for you. And at the point, because I know you and I, we had talked about it. You brought it up, like, a month ago and said, hey, I'm kind of thinking on this again. But at that point, I also felt like, you know, for the next chapter of mod chat because you know we've had initially mod chat it was completely different it was daniel and i we were doing a offline podcast talking about just modding related things then we turned it into a online like a live streamed news type of podcast and then got daniel off got you on it's been great and at this point there's a few things that i'm wanting to change and i think i'll detail them a little more next month i don't want to do too much here because i also don't want to over promise or promise something that mm-hmm. you know i'm not going to deliver on um but some of the things are you know the format i do want to change uh i will say the live stream thing uh next month is probably going to be the last live mod chat 
Um, I'm one of those people. So when it comes to like this directly, I'm actually not a fan of live streaming. Uh, like, yeah. I'm not crazy about it. You've seen me at my worst sometimes yeah. when I am just like anxiety ridden with you, it. You definitely have, get the anxiousness more than I do. Mm-hmm. But I, I will admit too, like, it's a weird, perplexing thing. You know, we do it usually by the time we get done. It's literally like past my normal bedtime. Yeah. And, you know, it is what it is. I know that. I can plan around that kind of, you know what I mean? It's it's fine. Um, but, like, for me, it's like I end up staying up late because I'm, like, wired by the end of it. And it's – but I'm also, like, exhausted. So it's like I get home. I'm exhausted. I'm up late. I can't go to sleep for, like, another hour. <laughs> it's this weird thing. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And there is – I mean, there, I, uh, my anxiety probably comes more for the leading up to it. Sure. Because I feel like, I guess, especially lately, because I feel like I've been – less prepared and as i've like been less involved in hands-on modding stuff it's been more of like you know i am trying to keep up with all this but mm-hmm. i think there's something much different in the brain uh when you can like get hands-on with stuff yeah you know especially with for me no um, i understand like for for me i mean this thing is even as well too you know i kind of try and do it like clockwork but there's times like i i straight up i don't feel like streaming I, mm-hmm. I don't want to at all, but I'm like, well, you know, we already locked this in. We've already announced it. We got to do it. It's not like I have, you know, like s- some big thing that I could say, hey, because of this happening, because of this dire circumstance, I have to cancel. Like, no, it's just, hey, I don't really feel like doing this right now, but it's still kind of forced on that. And, you know, the, the live streams, they're, they're still absolutely fun. Um, and it's just a personal thing. For me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what it is. So I there's really no one to blame. It's just I'm just saying myself, I've never been crazy about live streaming. That doesn't mean I'll never ever stream, but it's very much I'm personally looking forward to streaming on my own terms. Like it could be one in the morning and I'm trying something out. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna stream right now. This mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. But at, at this point, like I really don't do any other live streams just because I have mod chat and my <laughs> my personal allocation for streaming, like I, I already blow past it every month when I do mod chat here. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be one of those things kind of just give you all a heads up. So um, after the next episode, we're not going to be doing it. Well, I, because that, that'll be your last one. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be doing it offline. I am going to be changing a few things. Mod chat will come back in a form. So it's still going to be on the channel in video form. It's still going to be out on audio form. I am insistent on that. Um, in podcast yep. clients and all that. Yeah, all right, but yep. but honestly, um, I'm going to be straight up. I want a break. Aside mm-hmm. from one month that Daniel and I could not sync up, uh, I've been doing this every single month for over four years. And I got to say, like, <laughs> I mean, it, I totally get people's perspective, especially, you know, people, a lot of podcast people follow. It's like once a week kind of ordeal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would have never guessed, like, the load that once a month takes right (laughs) so um some of it's mental some of it is like time but you know you you think that there's like a lot of time in between but it it does feel like at times it's like okay mod chat's over got a couple weeks to like you know what i mean catch my footing and then it's like gone i think the worst honestly i think the worst has been when you and i are so busy and there are times where i see Devin for mod chat and the next time i see him is the next month for mod chat. I would say that. And, I, and that, I'm that just like... like three months in a row. Sometimes it can be, yeah. And that is like, we obviously 
Love like we're out. friends out of this. Yeah. We're friends outside um, of this. We're not just partners in this, man. I think I also mentioned that too when I first brought this up. It's like you were like, I'm just I'm looking forward to just hanging out with you. Yeah. Like just because, hang out. And even if like ninety nine percent of what we talk about is the same thing, yeah. like we can do it on our own terms. We can you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, and like to be clear, like I have no problem being on another mod chat at some point. Yeah. If like something's relevant. And I've, and I've told you, Devin, I've said like, and I'll even, you know, tell the audience here, like with my future plans for mod chat, I would like to see you right. back on. I mean, like there are some things that you are like, I really want your opinion on this. This yeah. is much more up your alley. Like the Super Mario 64 thing. Oh, like, yeah, you were able to rock that much better than I could. And if it, it, even if I come on like, so like, again, we, we neither of us really know how mod chat's going to look. Mm -hmm. We're not going to promise anything. But yeah, I mean, it could even be like a segment in something like boom and De i have devin here with me for this and i we just you know talk about that and whatever and i might be out or whatever so it's not like this like i'm happy to give my input on something i'm passionate about but you know i also don't want to try and like fill in the gaps where it's not as necessary for me or like you know it just i'm not giving it as much justice because mm -hmm. um, on the other side of things like you can rock i'm sure you can rock plenty of things like by yourself or you could have other guests on that might be more relevant you know what i mean mm -hmm. um so i'm excited to see what you end up doing with that um uh, yeah I'm, I'm definitely like you had mentioned it too like this was kind of like a, a weird almost like a breakup you felt like it was like a yes. breakup or something yeah. like that and i think it was the the first the first time when you sprung mm -hmm. it on me i was like this is just like a sudden breakup but then yeah. the next time you sprung it on me i was i'll be honest i was like i'm prepared yeah i prepare for this so. it's like and and i and i told you i said like hey this is if you stay on we can just go as planned every month but if you leave i do have a plan to you know go forward mm -hmm. on it so yeah, that was, I think the, the, the only, and also the only stipulation I told Devin, and it was more even for you guys, I said, I would like to have a buffer episode in between. So that's why we decided on this a few week, uh, weeks ago, where I was like, okay, cool. July's episode, we'll do it business as usual. Over we'll some delicious this. barbecue. Yes, that was great. And then, so I'm now at this now. point, August will be the last episode that, yes. you know, you'll be on with that. Right. We do have some plans for that as well too. Uh, so hopefully, if they if they come to fruition, everything will be. Which, by the way, are you just just to confirm? Are are you good on next month's? The time. Yes, I think so. Okay, so cool. Cool. I mean, I'm pretty sure as long as something doesn't come up, we should be good. Okay, I, I definitely want to like really <laughs> I'm planning this right now on the stream with you. Yeah, I know, again. right? Like, I, I want I want to. Um, I don't know if you want to. We should maybe we should hold off like any details for the last one. I will hold off the details. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're gonna make the last one a good one. Yes, we're, we're trying we're, to. We're going to make sure of that. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, you, you know, um, I'm not, probably not going to be doing much YouTube. Maybe in the future I will kind of reinvigorate my channel into something more development-oriented. Um, so, uh, But I, there's a good chance you'll see me on uh, your channel, Mr. Mario's channel. I'm hoping so, man. I'm and, so. you know, I don't know. Maybe I, and I kind of floated on. I think there's no end of possibilities. Maybe like a... Even uh, something more like the Mod Chat Plus, or like uh, maybe I'll be on a guest on Mario Minute or something, or Mario's Minute mm -hmm. at some point again. You know, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, not I going anywhere for you, good. Even for that, so sidebar with the Mario's Minute thing. The reason why I haven't invited you or anyone else back on is because I want to, I want to see who I can get on for their first appearances, and then like kind of once I go through that list, I'm like, okay, who can I reinvite? Yeah, no, yeah, because sure. if, if if you look at the the guest list for Mr. for Mario's minute, every single guest I've had on has only been on one time. Mm -hmm. Sure, so yeah. That, yeah, that's totally understandable. I'm just saying that I'm not going anywhere. 
know, we obviously like live in the similar area. Yeah. We're not far from each other. So, uh, no, it's a regular, regular thing. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, I mean, even if it came down to like, if we're just hanging out and we're just like ranting about something and you're like, hold on a second, like, I want to get a microphone and just, you know what I mean? I look forward to that actually. Like, if that happens, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like yeah. anything is in the cards. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, th- this current iteration of Mod Chat is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, Two years is a good run. I mean, it's yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's it really wild. Is. I've listened to podcasts for a lot longer, but you know, I look back on it. And I'm like, that is that was a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of it is enjoyment. But you know what? It was it, you got some good stuff out of it. Like you'd always want to participate in a po- podcast. You participated. You were mm-hmm. into modding. You got to talk about modding, hang out with a friend, and all that. Um, the other thing was, I know. Uh, you would kind of wanted to dabble in uh, video content creation yep. and such. So you got to experience that. This platform did help you out a little bit with that too. Yeah, you I kind of decided, hey, video making is not really my thing. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no regrets. I've definitely only like good things have come out of this. Yeah. And, and I know even professionally, you told me, I'm not going to divulge a bunch of detail, but you told me that you have cited this podcast before professionally. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I yeah. mean, first of all, like everyone in my job, knows i know that i'm a little bit more like some of these like social and like internet things blend a little bit smoother for me you're more a little bit i think reserved i do try and be reserved yes so you know i respect that i am i am the person if somebody brings up my youtube stuff in the reel i'm just like no i don't know what he's talking about (laughs) i've learned that lesson firsthand with you because i'm just like hey i'm not that you're not proud of it but you know i think it's there's probably just some weird social factors it is yeah it's a it's a personal problem right so um so yeah i mean and even here like fox lit fox uh from the perspective of a new viewer i kind of like the audience interaction part being live totally get it and i have like i love the chat and i love the interactions with that Mm -hmm. you know i always encourage people to encourage just kind of a sad thing people to come out for the chat because like we do try and like participate and I love seeing people come back, uh, you know, month after month seeing fans. It, it definitely like warms my heart in a way that, you know, it's just like a small community, but it's, it's tight and it's something that I've never experienced before. Yeah. Um, and, and even I'd say I'm, I'm happy with the downloads. I'm happy with the views. Like once this goes offline and such, but even like these little streams where, yeah, there's only like 50, 25 people hanging in there. I like them. I yeah. like it. Keep, like I, Oh dude, I, sometimes I, I hate it when we have like two, 300 people in the stream. Yeah. I know that's happened a few months. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. Don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the numbers. But when it's only like 25, 50 people, I'm like, no, this is manageable. This is more intimate. I like this more. Yeah. And I, we can yeah. talk and then I can look at the chat and be caught up and talk and look at the chat. Uh, just because even balancing a slow moving chat while chatting with you and trying to, you know, put on a good face is yep. tough. And that's the other thing too. I know I explained this a few episodes ago, but I remember one time I was saying, I was like, because somebody asked, it's like, we keep asking questions. Why don't you bring them up? And I said, because I can't keep interrupting the flow of this. Mm-hmm. While we're doing this, I have to entertain you all, you know, for a few hours. But once those few hours are gone, I have to also make sure that this is a good podcast to view offline. Right. And on top of that, we also have to consider the audio listeners. We have to make sure it's an entertaining thing to listen to. And I can safely say, like, there's been a lot of podcasts I've listened to over the years that are, like, both video and audio and ones that were, like, video and audio that transitioned to audio only. And it's a really hard balance for even, like, big-time veteran people that do this as their job. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I've seen some of the, like when a big podcast Sometimes network I wonder how people like Joe Rogan are able to do it like it's really every impressive. single and that is that is his life he, I don't think he does anything else yeah yeah it's very true 
That is probably one of the better ones. But even, yeah, like I've noticed too, like there's a podcasting network where we need to get too many details on all that. But they went from having a lot of audio and video shows to audio only. And I thought the quality went up a bit because there was less like pulling this up on the screen. Oh, and then kind of trying to explain what you're showing. You know what I mean? Also on top of that, you don't have to worry about how you look. You don't have to worry about how you're dressed. You don't have to worry about, you know, a whole lot of things. So that's why, for example, with Mario's Minute, I do that audio only there's a lot of people i know i could get more views doing it video wise i know that there's people who don't like the audio only thing but i'm just like look i i want this to be a low-key comfortable podcast this is how low-key and comfortable i just want to talk into the mic for like an hour <laughs> right yeah so i don't know we should probably shouldn't get to the actual questions here pretty pretty quickly yeah. but well there's been like you know there's been like one yeah, it's on true. Here. So it will be easy to get through, thankfully. <laughs> Hoping everyone isn't sulking over there. Um, yeah. But we can at least read out some of the stuff. I know yeah. Grimdo but, has said, oh, man, best of luck to you, bro. Hope to see you somewhere in the future, bro. Uh, uh, I mean, you'll you'll find me at least on Twitter. Yes. I know you may just get more development antics or mm-hmm. things on there, but, like, Twitter has definitely steadily been my main squeeze in terms of social media. For sure. Uh, hit me up on there. I will keep in contact. I'll comment on, you know, stuff if I see relevant. And you'll see me on on uh, Mr. Mario 2011's channel. Hopefully. Hopefully. And definitely. In some we need to plan on that, yes. In some capacity, it's going to oh, happen. Yeah. yeah. I know uh, Kiwi Doggy, friend of the show, he said, this is why I don't do as much PS4 work anymore. It gets uh, Just a lot, dude. Yeah. And even like that, you know, when you're releasing content that a lot of people are consuming that, um, at least when people, like, consume our content, like, it's not like your podcast was buggy mm-hmm. <laughs> or like this, your podcast has issues it's, or like we don't, we have a lot more rigid, like release timelines, even if they are maybe a week or two, you know, here and there, like mm-hmm. flexible is when we release. But um, yeah, I can't imagine actually kind of like having to worry about releasing software like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Miguel says, dang, going to miss you, Devin. I'm gonna miss like I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss you too in here, yeah. Dude. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna yeah, miss the, the chat, chat homies. It, it's 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 a shame, you know. I like there's so many things about this that I really, really did like. So mm-hmm. I will definitely miss a lot of it. Yeah. I, I think it's it, it's give and take on some of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, taking uh, honestly like taking mod chat offline. I'm I'm looking forward to that in some aspects. You know, I am gonna miss this as well too. And I mean I'm just gonna be transparent and say like you know I mentioned I wanna do a little bit of a break for a bit before I reboot mod chat and get back into it dude i'm looking forward to not worrying about mod chat for two or three months maybe don't let it run away from you i know no i'm i'm gonna be good about that i do want it to come back but i'm just like look i just need a little bit of a break yep i agree <laughs> you know and yeah I, I definitely i think this is coming at a good time too i'm hoping that some of the you know uh craziness at work is gonna be settling down soon and um, i hope so too for your sake yeah <laughs> and you know i, I i've been, like i said I've you been, all aren't in summer mode or anything crazy <laughs> always you know what i mean like you know, when you're like kind of based around clients and stuff like that and having clients and getting new clients and kind of keeping up with clients it's always you know it's always a race something always happening i totally get it but you know it's just it's busy work um so yeah um that and like, like i said i've gotten like into, into a really good place with my kind of uh, projects that i've been working on and kind of some of the frameworks that i've been working on learning for you know the stuff I want to develop, and so really excited for that to see where I can take that, and um, you know maybe I'll maybe I'll be just really busy, but I'll be doing 
doing some other things. Sure. Um, and you know, like I said, better for better or for worse, um, is probably going to be a little bit more um, pertainable to my career overall. I understand. Right. Hey, as I told you, man, you got to do what's best for you. Now, all of a sudden, I, I love when this happens. We're just like, hey, we got like one question, so we're going to bounce out here, and then all of a sudden we get 10. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Let's get let's roll through some. Absolutely, yeah. Um, let's, real quick, you got like a shout-out, so I'll just give that real quick. Uh, Pepe Piron 101 hey, man, thanks so much for helping me jailbreak my PS3. I'm guessing that's for you. I was literally lost without any resources, and many of your videos helped. Thanks again. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I will say that was not, I mean, that was that was all due to PS3 Exploit, and they wrote the guides, they wrote the tools and everything. Thank them. If you got some money, donate it to them. Check out their official site. It's ps3exploit.com. So, but thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. Uh, I know grabbing some of the questions here, the first mm-hmm. one's from Eduardo, which has been up here for a bit, but do you guys know anything about the mod chip for the original Xbox that Ryan, the creator of OGX360, is making? No. Do you? I think I saw a photo of it. That's it. Hmm. Sorry, I can't give you a better a new explanation, man. Mod chip for the original Xbox. But if if you want more detail, he is quite easy to access on Twitter. I'd recommend hitting him up there. Because hmm. sometimes people, it's funny. Like sometimes people ask me about OG X three sixty related things on Twitter, and I'm just like, uh, here's the creator, <laughs> and he normally replies. So. That's good. Yeah, dude, it's so different. Like I remember, like, dude, just. Dark Alex back on the PSP oh, was so mythical. Dax, yeah, you know what I mean. Like he he was not someone that like maybe there was an email out there and he would give you a response, but I never really saw much of that. It was like he I, was always hiding in secrecy. From what I remember, he was a I think he was a student, uh, a college student in Spain. Wow. And all, all the personal things I knew about him, all I knew was really like because um, he didn't divulge that much, and it's understandable. But he said that he had a girlfriend. Uh, he had gotten a PS3 and planned to work on some mods, which I don't, unless he rebranded his stuff or gave his work to anyone else, nothing ever came under his name or the M33 name mm-hmm. for uh, for the PS3. I remember the M33, like the whole, like, guess who this really is? That whole moment yep. in time where, like, that yep. came out. That was I was so one weird. of the, I was one of the initial users of M33. I was, yeah, I was a big fan. Well, because I, I remember a lot of people, I just remember that a lot of people were really apprehensive about it, and I was like, fuck it, I want to be on a higher custom firmware, exactly M33. Yeah. There, yeah, there was a little bit of, like, mm, this seems legit, and I was like, that's good enough for me. <laughs> right on. Let's see. Yeah, let's see. Uh... James is asking here, for the PlayStation Classic, how's the performance after you mod it? Can it get better? Uh, yes, it can. One of the things you can do once you mod it, you can actually uh, still you can use RetroArch, but one of the things that you can do is you can maintain the carousel look and everything, but you can boot up your games through a uh, PlayStation RetroArch core. Mm-hmm. So That's using so cool. that would be better. On top of that, you can also you know force games to NTSC, put the actual NTSC games on there, just stuff like that. Yeah, I know there were. Like, so yeah, performance does get better once you modify it. Even basic ways to like get some of the PAL games or something like that to run at a higher frame rate, or was it the? I can't remember. There was a couple of tweaks even outside of like the RetroArch cores mm-hmm. that I remember hearing about. Yeah. Uh, would you play Super or Mario? Yeah, play Mario sixty four ported to the Switch. I would. Yes, but. Although like maybe, maybe we that. should call it Mario Switch D four. Yeah, I'd play it. I would. I wonder, like, it'd be hilarious to see, like, would which way would Mario run the best? Like, an actual port, um, 
it running on a Dreamcast, or I mean a Nintendo 64 emulator, or it running on a DS emulator through... <laughs> through a, you know what I mean? I feel um, like if done well, it would run best through a port. Probably. Yeah. But it would it'd just be hilarious to be able to boot up like three different copies of Super Mario. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, when we were first looking into Switch hacks and all that stuff, the people who... Uh, got Linux running on a Switch and then installed the Yuzu emulator and were running Homebrew mm-hmm. through a Switch emulator on a Switch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a comment that's kind of near the bottom, but Kiwi Doggy said that. I can't remember. I know who he's referring to. He says math, but I know oh, it's like uh, I know. Mithulu. I don't know how to say the <laughs> name. <laughs> I never Mithulu like, Harris. Yeah. Yeah. But math released the M33 source for the PSP, which I must find this. I didn't know about that. Because I didn't know about this, and I want a copy Kiwi, of Kiwi, if you can get that to us, that'd be awesome. You know where to find this. Dude, absolutely. <laughs> Friend of the show, hook it up, because yeah. I would love that for my archive. I know uh, Dark Element here is asking, do you think it would be worth selling a 5.05 PS4 and getting a exploitable Switch? Already got the latest firmware console. That depends on your usage. Yeah, I guess. If, if you're willing to really, really be patient, I would say no. If you're really wanting some stuff right now and jump into a booming homebrew scene, um, that'd be worth it. Yeah, I mean, Switch is obviously popping off like nobody's business and has been. Um, there's no shortage of that. And I guess it really, like, what do you want to do with it? If I think you can answer this yourself, but if you want to play PS4 games mm-hmm. or whatever, manipulate kind of... The territory of PS4 games, if that's a big focus of you, then that makes it obvious. But, like, for me, just the portability factor of the Switch, like, when as soon as that came out, I was like, I want to mod that. Yep. So that that was a huge factor for me that, you know, uh, was better than most other things. So mm-hmm. um, for me, it would be worth it. Gotcha. Yeah. I would. I have both, but that's, that's just me. <laughs> uh, you did see that link. We dropped the, the good link for the... Uh, that is a 3.9 M33 source. Dude, That's older than I expected. This is amazing. Let Watch. Me, hold on. Star. Let me load this up on here. Fork. Fork. <laughs> Do it all. That's so cool. Awesome. I'm, I'm looking at this right now. So. Thank yeah, you, I Kiwi did, Doggy. This was, yeah, and, and thank you, Math. I would call him by his, his short name. Yeah, Myth. Matthew. Myth. I guess that's... Ma- Myth. Matthew, Matthew Hervais, yeah, but yeah. He released this. Uh, oh, two years ago, a, a, a nice April Fool's Day present. That's awesome. Contains full source for three. Uh, I'll share this real quick. Yeah, contains the full source for three point ninety M thirty three. This repository is created for archiving purposes. You may store the code stored within this repository so long as you respect the GPL version three license and credit the original authors. All credits go to the M thirty three team developers, uh, Dark Alex. Hydra Hill and uh, Math. Awesome. It's always so crazy for me. Uh, I don't know what kind of... I want to know what kind of version control they were using, if they were using, like, any. Because they had to be using something. But then you just see this, like, all dumped in, um, basically with, like, initial commit and a couple Mm -hmm. cleanups. Even have two initial commits. Like, come on. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's like... That's it's sad to me. I want to see like the commit history. I want to see like the bugs mm-hmm. being fixed. Like, but it's better commit. than not having. The source, it's very so. true. Yeah, I, I yeah. really, I have no, I would have no idea where to get started in this source code. It's, it's a lot of folders too. Holy cow! I'm gonna have to archive that. But um, you know, I, I would, I just want, I want to see people's like thoughts and stuff like that. I geek out on, <laughs> on stuff like that. I do see. Uh, Pepe has another uh, question here. Kind of off topic, but do you guys prefer low quality, like composite? 
instead of full HD for early 3D consoles like the N64, PS1, or PS2, a lot of people really look for N64 HD solutions. Hmm. Um, my my personal answer, I say no. Uh, one of my favorite things to do, like I, I enjoy doing this, I like to play on the original hardware. I do really respect emulation. I like it. Um, I think there's an absolute need for it for in terms of accessibility and preservation. Uh, but when I can, I try and play off the original hardware because there's just something that feels great about playing on the original hardware. And then on top of that, squeezing as much as I can out of it. So my PS1, for example, I, I have a Frame Meister set up, which is, a, uh, which is an upscaler. And I play my PS1 in RGB SCART. I've played my PS2 with uh, component cables. And all this can scale up to 1080p. And then the N64, I RGB modded a N64. I plan to RGB mod a few others. And then I do RGB SCART to my Frame Meister. And I even... I need, to, I need to play around with this a bit more, but I recently patched uh, several of the games I have with de-blur patches, so that way I can play them on my N64 without any of the blurring effects that were put on them hmm. and, uh, you know, get, get them more clean through RGB SCART. So I would say to your question, no, I don't prefer the low quality. I like to squeeze the highest quality I can out of it within some reason, of course. Yeah, I... Uh... I honestly need to go back um, one of these days when I have like a house and some extra space and a little bit of extra money. I do want to go back and purchase a lot of old games because I had to get rid of so many old consoles as I was like getting older for various different reasons. Of course. So uh, yeah, I would love to have the consoles. Emulator emulation is by no means uh, like where I hit the or where, where I want to stay, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think I'm going to be on the side of you where I want to upgrade some of that stuff because I know myself and I will not probably carry or keep like a, a CRT TV and then some of that stuff. And then plug it in a uh, composite to a nice, like if, imagine hooking up composite from a PS1 to a 60 inch, you know, nice panel display of some kind. Like, yeah. It doesn't look good. And there, there are some scalers on TVs which make it look nicer, but it's just like you can still increase the quality as much as you can. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that, that's actually a really fun, I don't want to deviate too much, but that's a really fun uh, thing to explain to some people because I've run into many people who we have, they, they say something like this, you're just like, yeah, I hooked up my N64 to my TV and I know that the, the graphics don't look as nice as modern games and I was expecting it to look bad, but I don't remember it looking this bad when I was a kid. I swear it looked better. And then I'm just like, because it did, because you're playing on a CRT and composite is shit especially when it comes to a nice flat screen and the scaler on your tv is also bad yeah yeah one of these days i'll have a nice gaming room with all that crap so hit me up i can help you out with that you you an mvg have you did you see his gaming room i did I, I did, I, yeah, it's impressive. It is, is nice. It's awesome, yeah. Uh, my buddy Sean, he wants me to help him set up for a gaming room and all that. I think he wants me to help him build a PC too. So, I need to do all that. Let's take, let's take one more question. I'm getting tired, man. Dude, yeah, me too. <laughs> one more, one more, guys. Um, I saw someone. We, we could. I want to do this one. Um, it's gonna be quick, so we can choose to do one more if you want. Okay. Um, China Cat Sunflower, you, um, directed at me, are, are either of you interested in Nintendo 64 homebrew programming or development? Um, 
I think I can speak for Danny. Not really. You're not much of a developer in general. No, uh, I'm. I'm mean. interested in homebrew for sure. Yeah. I actually need to dabble. In that. I've never run any N64 homebrew. I have not either. Um, I used to do a little bit of homebrew development on a PSP, but that's mm-hmm. it. And I, you know, that got me into programming, and kind of I realized where my interests really lied, um, or more so lied. So that's not really something I'm interested in. You know, as of right now, so um, no to either programming or just using the homebrew. I understand. Yeah, that was a quick one. Let's see. We can uh, grab which one is it here? How about this final one? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Pepe says again. Do you guys think that in about ten or fifteen years, PS4, Xbox One, or Switch emulation will be available for smartphones? actually a really interesting question um 10 or 15 years technology is really going to speed up that i i, I personally yes i personally think switch yes we because that's have, mobile we already, and we, are, <laughs> we already have like yuzu and stuff like that like in progress you know what i mean yeah at that point it's literally just like porting and having the power to run all that mm-hmm. um and mobile and i think especially like if we're talking about mobile as most most likely still going to be running on ARM. I think there's a lot of uh, room to grow there. You know, it's very, very early days, but we're even starting to see, like, specific utilitarian things for, like, ARM in the server environment. So, like, we're still pushing ARM and finding how far we can get with it. Um, you know, some people think that there may even be, like, a flipping where it's, like, more practical to use ARM than x86 in most things because it's lower power if we get it to supersede the power of x86 architecture without consuming as much power still and stuff like that, maybe it'd be more beneficial to switch to that. So, you know, I think there's still a lot of room to grow there, so I think it's very, very possible. Yeah. I think Switch for sure, PS4, Xbox One, possible, but we'll see, I yeah. guess. I'm I'm real, more wanting to see how good uh, x86 platform yeah emulation is going to be at that point in a mobile platform as of of right now that is kind of the first step um and we also have to keep in mind that the switch is you know putting out a lot less graphical you know power and it's mobile well yeah (laughs) it it has all the switch in particular has all the yeah attributes to be like the switch is the closest to mobile gaming i get yeah (laughs) so um I would say for at least Switch, yes, PS4, Xbox One. Would you want to even? <laughs> uh, I think Maybe. I think it'd be interesting just to see it. Of course, I'm sure storage is really not going to be that big of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, of course, we have you know PS1 up and running on phones and such, and it's like you know it's been 20 years since the PS2 initially came out. I think there's like the beginnings of emulation on phones, but that's about it. But even that's a bit wonky with things. So we'll just see. Yeah, and yeah, Fox Lip Fox, by the way, brought up a, a really good point saying x86 translation on ARM hardware would be pretty slow. That's mostly what I'm thinking, and I'm sure in 10 or 15 years it will absolutely yeah. be superseded. Um, but that's where my my concern would be, x86 to ARM, assuming that phones are still going to mostly be on ARM. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, well. I'm ready to jet out of here. I'm tired. It's tired. The chat's slowing down. Yeah. Um Gotta Thank go. you all for dumping in the questions, though. I yeah. appreciate because it, it was it was one for a while, and then yeah, just we we got some good stuff in here. See, so. chat, you always come through. They do. Everyone in there, much appreciate him. Super glad to see everybody in the chat today. It's it's uh, it was a good one. It was definitely, sure. especially with like kind of this uh, stuff hanging over, 
like we obviously knew we were going to talk about all the yes departure but we were just stuff. like when when how what are yeah. we going to do <laughs> i'm glad you like kind of in the show notes you kind of made a decision i'm sure if i would have talked about it we, you would have been open to shifting when we talked about it yeah but you kind of made a decision and i was like okay i'm glad i don't have to think about it <laughs> so. stuff like that helps out yeah so yeah anyways uh devin where can people find you online twitter twitter is the best place paranoid coder if you want to go look at some of my old youtube videos um paranoid coder as well i'm sure you'll find me um there is another paranoid coder that was there before me but my videos Damn. in my like i guess seo now is just they don't have any videos, so I'm just now... Congratulations. The, the uh, SEO master of Polaroid <laughs> Coder. Oh, yeah. I, I think that happened a long time ago, so that's not anything new, but you know what I mean? If you go, I think if you go to like YouTube slash Paranoid Coder or the channel slash Paranoid Coder, mm-hmm. you get someone else. So I didn't get Pretty sure. So yeah. search for me on YouTube. Um, Twitter handle is Paranoid Coder, all one word. So, yeah. Right on. And then for me, I'm Mr. Mario 2011, pretty much anywhere on the internet, but the main places I hang out are my YouTube channel, Twitter, Instagram... That's about it that I'm, I'm going to plug myself. There are links down below in the description on the YouTube page. Of course, YouTube uh, the YouTube channel is Mr. Mario 2011. Uh, I would recommend uh, joining the Discord if you want to hang out with some people who are pretty cool. We have a really awesome community that I like hanging out with. I like the mod team we have there. Great people that we end up running into. So uh, that's also going to be linked down below. I'm tired. That's what I'm kind of tracking right now. Anyways, I would really encourage you all, if you all are absolutely interested, uh, join in next month. We are aiming for the middle of August. Mm-hmm. And again, that's going to be the last episode you're going to be on. That's going to be the last live episode for the foreseeable future. And we also have two other things that are going to be good that we don't want to spoil. Some, so. Yeah, it'll be a nice show. Yes. If everything pans out, even if it doesn't, it'd be great. We don't want to disappoint anyone, but... I think it's going to be worth the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, maybe one one hint I can give. If you enjoyed the December episodes, mm. you'll enjoy this August episode. It's Christmas coming early. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, I, I'm about ready to jet out of here. Yeah. So. Absolutely, me too. Yeah. So this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. Until next month. Take it easy, everybody.